Greetings, Flesh Wound Horror Freaks, and welcome to our Night of the Demons franchise show. I'm Flesh Wound Dan, joined by that jolly bowl of fuck himself, Producer Todd. Good evening. Pugs Dread. Namaste. Mike Kruger. Welcome to primetime, bitch. And our special guest, Night of the Demons expert himself, Mr. Chris McGibbon. No, Chris, don't make that face. You know you're the Night of the Demons expert. No, he's probably saying you can blow him up a little more. Uh, Come a little on, more? more? Okay. Fangoria writer. Indie film actor. Uh, haunt legend. Radio legend. The man whose greatest claim to fame was finding me in... in <laughs> now he's going to leave. <laughs> discovering flesh with Dan. That's like number one. That's not a that's that is not a claim to fame. That's something I should be in prison for. Yeah, now <laughs> it's a rap sheet. <laughs> that's going on the tombstone. It's it's uh, that's going on the tombstone. Discovered flesh wound Dan. But Chris, there you go. I, I hopefully I put you over enough. But uh yes, Night of the Demons expert. I don't think there's anybody that knows Night of the Demons more than Chris. So uh yeah. I'm pretty sure the producers would agree he knows more than they do. Yes, I was going to say. Like, there's at a certain point. Yeah. Video Dead, too. I think they would even agree that you know yeah. more than they do. There's been times I've seen Chris and they're like, oh, yeah, they didn't know it. <laughs> I don't think Chris is going to argue with this statement. Yeah. Yeah. He's humble. Knows, but accept those accolades, Mr. Chris. <laughs> I am. I did. Okay. And you're on a podcast yourself, if you care to promote that. Yeah, Spotify. I, uh, uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are sold uh, or listened to. Um, the Spooky Picture Show is my new uh, haunt, so to speak. And uh, we go, we do uh, a show about once a month. Uh, we just, our most recent show was an interview with Fred Decker and Andre Gower of Monster Squad fame, celebrating the nice. 35th anniversary. Uh, it was a very fun show. Those two guys were awesome. And, uh, not only did we get some of our questions answered, but Andre Gower himself got a burning question answered that he wanted to ask the director for many years and never got a chance to. So, oh, that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, next month Here's in October, we're doing uh, our Halloween specials. We got two episodes throughout October. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Sweet. Definitely give that a listen and a subscribe, of course. So, uh, so yes, uh, I guess we'll get right into it. Night of the Demons. Well, Chris, since you're our special guest, like, how did you first discover Night of the Demons? What is your story with the franchise? Oh, um, my mother. Well, I think it, I, I think we're we're past the point of. Uh, um, statute of limitations, so they can't call the DSS on my mother at this point. Uh, I was um, I was five or six years old. Uh, my, you know, this was back before like Code Adam was really a thing. So uh, my mother used to go to department stores in the mall, and if there was a video store or a video section, I don't know, Todd, maybe you're the only one old enough to remember this. Dan, you might be too. I don't know. Um, where video, where department stores had a video section where it was kind of like in the corner of the store or somewhere just kind of randomly in the store. And she went to the store uh, and left me by myself in the video section, knowing I wouldn't go anywhere and I wouldn't go with anyone that wasn't her. Um, and the store, I remember the store was closing and she wasn't giving me a lot of time to pick out what I wanted to buy. 
and I saw the cover for Night of the Demons and just said, I want that. <laughs> and I bought it and uh, went to, we went stopped at my grandmother's house on the way home and I wanted to put it in her VCR because she had this really big TV. It was a big projection TV and I always loved watching movies on her TV. And my mother's like, you don't have time. Like, we're not staying long. I said, I don't care. I still want to watch some of it. So I popped it in and watched the first four minutes, which was the opening titles and uh, was immediately hooked and and just couldn't wait to see the rest of it because, you know, my mother made me turn it off and go home. And then I couldn't watch it till probably the next day. And uh, I remember putting up a bit of a fight on that, but I didn't win and um, watched it the next day. And I, I fell in love with it. It just uh, it, it, it really struck a chord and I've been a fan ever since. So, yeah, you, 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 you never forget when you first saw that iconic artwork. Uh, Angela's having a party. Jason and Freddie are too scared to come, but you'll have a hell of a time. And right yeah, back. just there you go. Just like, you know, ghoulies coming out of the toilet, like Angela's face was like, holy shit, I've got to see this. Uh, and yeah, very similar story. I remember my mom and pop just pulling that out and just being stunned. Like, this is going to be the greatest movie of all time. And uh, well, I don't know about that, but it was it ranks very high up there. Probably thought it was the best thing I saw when I first saw it. And, uh, yeah. How about you guys? Uh, Todd, you're the old bastard. You saw it in the theater. I, I did not see it in the theater. Unfortunately, oh. I was unable to. It was a drive-in, but... Dan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember very well, because I would have been 12 years old and maybe almost 13. But I, because by that point, I was written everything, you know, had copies of this, that. So, Night of the Demons was one I really wanted to see, so I was super excited. I don't remember exactly when it hit home video. I don't remember the street date, but it was September it was 29th, 1988. That's the theatrical date, I thought. No, it was theatrical throughout the summer. It's theatrical, I know, I know. Release, it's theatrical release was in May of 1988. They shot it April, oh, March okay. and April of 87. It was released in May of 88. Are you questioning Night of the Demons Rain I Man? God damn it. I am not. Son of a the bitch. date that's listed is the other one. So they are wrong. Chris, I'm go see, fix they Wikipedia. Are wrong. They are, yeah, go fix Wikipedia. Well, okay. if you look at the cardboard standee, the video store standee we have, it, there's a sticker that's inside the box that says coming September 29th. Oh, okay. There you there go. There you go, Todd. Shut the fuck up, Todd. God damn it. Dan, why are you flexing? <laughs> I know. Chris is the one dropping knowledge. He's flexing in his eyes. I'm just verbalizing it for the audience. Okay. All right. Well, those are so real I, power. Don't need to show it, Dan. So, so apparently, I, I had had the tape for about a month before I watched it because I we watched it Halloween night, 1988. So mm -hmm. I would have been 12. And we had a great time. There was a few of us. And it's one of those experiences I remember from a youngster. Like, everyone spent the night. It was Halloween. That really stays with me. And, yeah, I've loved that movie or this movie ever since. Yeah. Uh, for me, I was at a friend's house, and he was having some friends over, too. And we got went to go get Chinese food and rent, like, two movies. We always did that. And I remember being so upset because everyone was talking during the movie. I'm like, you guys, I've never seen this. Shut the fuck up. So like, I think it was like maybe 15 or so minutes in, 
I, I just stopped paying attention. I'm like, I'll just have go with my grandma and rent it tomorrow. You guys are fucking this shit up for me. So I didn't go the next day, but the following week, I was able to rent it myself. And then I've loved it ever since. Like, I'm not like a flag waver or, or, or anything like that. But this movie, always entertaining, always a fun time. I'm down to watch it anytime. So that's my experience with it. And Charles, if you're listening, shut the fuck up, asshole. <laughs> um, for me, I just discovered this movie maybe five years ago, uh, just going down the line of figuring out like what 80s horror movies I hadn't seen. And uh, ironically, it was around the time the Angela NECA figure fucking sold out. I was pissed off because I watched this movie and was like, holy shit, I want that figure. And then couldn't yeah, get I didn't, hands on it. didn't get it in time either. <laughs> yeah, um, but... Yeah, once I first watched it, it, just totally blew me away just because I'm such a fan of stuff like The Exorcist, but this is like Exorcist mixed with slasher elements, and, I mean, it's just right up my alley. Mm. That's and, exactly and, the element they were going for, too, so yeah, they wanted uh, as, an Exorcist meets Friday the 13th. Yeah. that's Yeah, nailed it. Kruger, and, and so we don't ask you multiple times, Dan, pay attention. Um. You've this is the only one you've seen out of the series, correct? Before before the uh this franchise show, okay. I hadn't watched any of the sequels or the remakes. So I just recently watched all of those. So those will all be first time reactions when yep. we get to those. So yeah. that's cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. Yeah, we haven't talked about it either, so I have no idea where where you well, land. So I guess like we kind of brought up the original. Um yes. Chris. What else can you tell us about the original? What besides the release date? <laughs> I do want to. I, I do want to backtrack on that a little bit because you may. It was released in September on VH on video. I know that for a fact. It may still have been in theaters at the time because I think we both knew about this. The way it was released theatrically wasn't like a nationwide release. It sort of toured the country. Yeah. So yeah, was... it, by the time it got released in September of '88 in California, that could have been in theaters around that time too and you know or it could have been in theaters in the east coast i don't know when that run stopped so just can't make a full flex out of that one but no no I, and i do kind of remember walter mentioning that they did it halloween style where they tuck it or kind of like trauma does now they kind of travel it a bit yeah it was sort of like a i i kind of compared it to like a band going on tour for a concert it played in certain yeah. parts of the country for certain periods of time and then it moved on. Um, I, I guess, from what I was told, the, the most successful run that it had was in the Bible Belt. That's where it made of the course. most money, was in the South. <laughs> um, All the was, enjoyment watching and the hate watching. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there was um, some drive-in that uh, uh, somebody was telling me that the line was like going down the interstate, and it was for Night of the Demons. That's awesome. Um, and they were they'd sold out a couple nights in a row, so that was pretty cool to hear stuff like that. Um, mm. uh, what do you guys want to know? I mean, like, I this I feel like I'm being interviewed, but I, I know <laughs> I was trying to make it organic, but I don't want to move on to part two before we talk about the no. I mean, uh, well, so the film was shot in the spring of 1987. <laughs> um, it was shot under the title of The Halloween Party, which uh, there's a poster. Oh. Also known as Demon, or was going to be Demon Boogie at one point, apparently. It was never Which... going to be Demon Boogie. So the Demon okay, Boogie, so that's the, bunk, so the Well, the Demon Boogie story is that 
it actually falls into the Halloween party story. When they made it and they shot it as Halloween party, they made that lovely promo poster back there that um, Todd has and I also have hiding up behind me in a different frame. Um, but um, when they were getting ready to release the film, I don't know if it was the producer of Halloween, but there was somebody involved in Halloween that basically told them you can't use that title Halloween in your movie. And Mustafa, uh, God. I don't yeah, know if it was the Mustafa. One? I don't think it was him per se. I think it was just somebody involved more money, uh, more what, on the financial what, side. Wasn't it like that the, the, they were, it was more about the, uh, the insurance. Wasn't it? They, they something. didn't want to, there risk. was something where they basically, they were, cause they were going to keep the title and then they got threatened and they said, okay, we better change the title. Uh, so the distribute, the distributor came up with a bunch of titles and uh, one of them was Demon Boogie, which Kevin Tenney begged them, please don't call my film Demon Boogie. <laughs> so um, he came up with the list of titles, uh, Legend of Hell House, A Night in Hell, uh, Hell House, excuse me, A Night in Hell House, the um, uh, Demon Party, stuff like that, where it would have, you know, it could, you know, Night of the Demons was one of his titles as well. And they did a, a, a sort of a, a, a public test, I don't know what the hell they call it, a survey, where they, they stop you at the mall and they asked you a couple of questions and uh night of the demons was the title that won that sort of survey so that's how it got that title officially and then that's pretty uh, cool it was retitled <clears throat> it was retitled it was re, re uh released and uh did very well um if i'm not mistaken it is the movie that made republic pictures go for more horror stuff because it actually took them out of the john wayne era where at that point all they were releasing were 50s westerns and uh, talkies from the 40s and 30s, and uh, they put Night of the Demons in their catalog, and the next thing they knew, they were uh, putting out bigger titles and expanding their market and going into every video store across the country, and it was a big hit for them. Uh, so much to the point that the vice president of Lionsgate offered to buy the film from Blue Rider because he was the president of Republic Pictures, and at one point he offered to buy it because he knew how successful it was for them and wanted to own it. They turned it down, but definitely one of those movies. I think if it had come out just a little bit earlier, you would have had more immediate sequels. And I think the legacy would be even bigger. You know, she, Angela might be right up there with Freddie and Jason and uh, what have you. Cause you know, we do have a jump, unfortunately in between sequels, but uh, well, the jump wasn't, the jump wasn't due to the timing. Um, it was very successful, like I said, when it came out. The timing had nothing to do with it. The issue with the sequel was the same guys who made Night of the Demons also made Witchboard. And their Witchboard was also very successful, and their focus was Witchboard 2. That was their yeah. focus at that point, because they were they were you know that one they felt like they had an idea ready to roll and there was also some transitional periods in the years between witchboard 2 and night of the demons 2 um where you know they were sought out other ventures in the film industry and then it kind of came around to republic pictures coming to them and saying hey we want to do this are you guys ready and uh and they called up joe augustine he had an idea for a sequel and rest is history so um but i i think if it was released earlier we probably still would have had a, a year or two in between you know a few years in between the first and the second uh just because of the nature of their business at that point 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, so. and, and technically, we have a new company in between all one and two, too, because we have Paragon Arts and then we have our wait, Paragon Arts, and then yeah, Blue Paragon Rider. Arts International, and then Blue Ride. Yeah, so like I said, that's part of that transitional period, too. So, yeah, but um, you did bring up the opening titles, and we should talk about the opening titles. What because he mentioned the original name was Halloween, Halloween Party, and the credits were right. done as that. Yeah. So. They were. The, well, the film was finished as Halloween Party. It was ready to be released as Halloween Party. Uh, and then they got that that little, little nasty note, and they had to change the title. So um, <laughs> this is talked about quite a bit. So, But if you look at the opening titles in the sequence, the opening title sequence, and you look at the title of the movie, the title Night is very weirdly in the middle of the whole thing. And that's because that's where the word the was going to go, and the whole thing underneath was going to say Halloween Party. So they they... Luckily, made that title so they could cover it up instead of having to because they, they didn't have the budget to redo the whole sequence again. So they basically just made a a, a, a card to cover it up, and mm-hmm. and there you go. And Todd and I have actually seen the original Halloween Party opening title. So nice. Yeah, Kathy Zelinsky did such a great job on that opening animated sequence. It just sets the mood so well. That's and why Kevin a six-year-old Chris got Kevin, his imagination captured. He opens up as a cartoon. It, and uh, Kevin Kevin Kuchaver also had a hand in that mm-hmm. as well. Got to give credit. They're a, they're a married couple that work together, and they work very well. Um, yeah. uh, Kathy's also more infamous, I should say, because she was the animator on Ursula for Little Mermaid. So that was her big... That's badass. Yeah. I think <laughs> froze, Frozen, too, she's still like... She, she's still working. They're both still working quite a bit, but Ursula was one of her big accomplishments. Um as an animator and those, those two are awesome people uh that we i've had great interactions with um yeah they're both great yeah. and that opening title sells the movie if you watch those opening titles and you're not into it you're not going to like the movie yeah we'll talk about some other opening yeah. titles later too <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, i might be alone we'll see <laughs> um but yeah yeah. Okay. Um, do we have anything else on one before we just kind of talk about two? Uh, I just wanted to throw out that I think one thing that really stands out in Night of the Demons, I would say Night of the Demons in general, but just talking about one right now, is so many great characters, irregardless of like screen time. You have characters in here. They're, they're all memorable. I wouldn't say anybody is a throwaway character in Night of the Demons, which, you know, for a horror film like this, you, you tend to have a lot of throwaway characters, but I think everybody was memorable, and uh, it's a testament. There's to one I want Joe to throw and, away, but he was also memorable. So. Yeah, the, the testament to Joe Augustine and uh, his writing, I, I think, just and the performers themselves. I just thought that's one thing. I every time I revisit Night of the Demons, I'm like, you know, there's really nothing here that's just yeah, this just an expendable character. Yeah, mm. uh, you know the writing was so effective. Chris was still intimidated by Billy Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Bill, I mean, Billy, Billy is a force to be reckoned with. That guy is one of the kindest and nicest people with the hardest edge I've ever met in my life. Like <laughs> he'll tell you you look great and make you feel bad about it. Like there's just <laughs> there's something there's something about him that it's just so intimidating. But he's one of the nicest. And guys, I mean, everybody from the franchise uh, really seems that you know to a to have had a great time making the movies, and b they they are happy that the movies are still around. 
um, you know, uh, especially the cast from the first film that do the conventions and stuff like that. Like they really love meeting the fans and talking to them and hearing their stories and, you know, seeing the tattoos and looking at the cosplays, even the people coming dressed up and, um, you know, uh, it really has, I would say within the last like 15 years or so that the audience of night of the demons has tripled, you know, in terms of the amount of people yeah. that know what it is and have seen it. And, um, I'm not going to mince words. It has a lot to do with the fact that that fucker ended up in Best Buy thanks to Scream Factory, you know, and, um, it, you know, it, 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 it put the movie in front of a whole group of people that probably hadn't heard of it before. And but, also because it ended up on streaming as well, you know, websites like Shutter and Amazon Prime and, it grows every release they get. Everyone, yeah, Come back to the Anchor Bay every time. It grows and grows and grows. I remember. Good. I remember when Anchor Bay put that out. They were really surprised at how well it sold. Um, they, you know, they were really, really. They, they, I remember hearing that they were genuinely shocked at many units that they had moved. It was actually one of the first discs they released that they had to do a second pressing the same year they put it out where they, they sold out of that initial first pressing, which, you know, was nothing. It just meant they ordered more. Nothing changed. But, you know, generally speaking, a lot of releases of that ilk, if you sold out of the first pressing within the first two years, you were lucky. And that one was within the first year. I often wonder with re-releases being so popular theatrically right now, I, I think Night of the Demons would actually do quite well. Even just like a one-week like Halloween season screening, I think they'd surprise people. If that was yeah. a possibility, it always does well when they do revival screenings of it. They usually come close to selling out. Um, I was actually, I, I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull a card here. I was talking to Hal Havens today because uh, <laughs> we are uh, Spooky Picture Show and PVD Horror are doing a Night of the Demon screening at the Coolidge Corner in Boston on September thirtieth, oh. and we're screening a 35 millimeter print um, of the film, which is. You know, awesome to get to see it the way it was released in the 80s. But, um, you know, Hal and I were sort of talking about the uh, just the, the life that this movie has kind of taken on and the audience that it's grown. Because he, he's, you know, he meets obviously a lot of people playing Stooge that come up to him and tell him their story. And he gets a lot of folks that say they, they saw it within the last couple of years. They saw it within the last 10 years and they've shown it to people or so and so showed it to them and they loved it. And now it's a favorite of theirs and they watch it every Halloween. And, it becomes part of the regimen for a lot of folks. It's a, it's, it, you know, every October, September through October, this movie starts popping up on the internet for various reasons, message boards, Facebook, um, fan art. It all starts to come up around this time of the year and you start to see a lot more of it growing and growing uh, t-shirts. I mean, gutter garbs yeah. is on like their fourth line of night of the demons t-shirts, you know, and um, it really is crazy. Cause I remember when I first started, kind of scouring the internet for this little movie there was one fan site night of the demons central.com and i was the other fan site the night of the demons experience and that girl heather <laughs> and i got together and combined our powers that be and created the ultimate night of the demons website together and then angel fire went away 
and we just decided. <laughs> <Angel>. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, we was just this 1998. Yeah, it was, uh, it was. It was 2003 ish, <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. So it was pretty. Uh, actually, I think it, mine was on Geo Cities. Hers was on Angel Fire. So you might be able to find them on Internet Archives. So you no, they're there. To... I've seen, and I, I cringe oh, every time I look at them because they're uh, they're, they're not pretty to look at. And now everyone, go check out those on Internet, <laughs> Internet Archives. Yeah, I mean, we were we were the only website that had information on them though i mean realistically yeah. i interviewed Kevin yeah. and dennis you know 15 year old me tracked them down and sent them a bunch of questions via email and they answered <laughs> them wonderfully so oh it's awesome <laughs> i i forgot that your experience and my dog my dog agrees um i i would yeah man those old websites though they bring me back man Ge geo sites man are you mad that you um, lost your space jam one pugs when the new one came out? yes <laughs> you know i two things that we talked earlier about the animated sequence two things and only one could i still i think maybe get i'm not even sure actually come to think of it is uh an autograph from frank welker who did the voice of the demons and was also known for playing fred's voice on scooby-doo uh, that I would love to get. I would also like Who to get... Who is Frank Welker? Uh, he did the demon voices. Um, no, he didn't. Oh, you sure? Because I heard that officially. Oh, well, are you questioning? Edit. Because that James, is out there. James Quinn did the... And only James Quinn did the... Unless he did a demon voice in part three... But in oh, part yeah, three, no, they, I, just, they just distorted uh, the I'm jumping. I'm jumping ahead, but yeah, I believe he did. In fact, I think he's on a release, even a doc or something. Are we? Are you still talking about part three, though, Dan? Maybe it wasn't the first one. My bad. It's okay, definitely. I, I thought it was. And it's not the second. Okay. One. Well, Chris. And correct. honestly, with part three, I think they just distorted the voices. I don't even think they had, except for Jimmy Quinn, because Jim is credited as the demon voice for all three. Okay. But I do think there is somebody else in part three, but that might have been him. But it's not in the first two. He doesn't do the all infamous right. demon voice. All right, my bad. Um, the other thing, which I can't get, unfortunately, is uh, that I I'd love to get uh, Amelia Kincaid and Rue McCallahan when she visited the set uh, for, yeah. from Golden Girls. Like, that is such a cool shot. I would love to have had that signed by both of them. But uh, I believe you can still get 8x10s from Amelia of her on set. But that is so – it's just a hilarious photo if you ever – if you guys ever get a chance to check it out, uh, Rue McCallahan, of course, is Amelia Kincaid's uh, nice. aunt. Yeah, yeah. she's a, she's Rue McCallahan's yeah. niece. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, another thing I want to throw out about the first one that a lot of folks don't seem to catch, and I think it deserves recognition because um, there's a lot of circles that would like to cookie cutter Night of the Demons into being sort of a eighty slasher style film with that fit you know that basically stays in the mold of having the goody two shoes virgin survive the, the, the pure virgin she's not a virgin judy is not a virgin in night of the demons as a matter of fact there was a deleted subplot where she was pregnant oh but they took it out because they, they they thought it would have been too risque for the time period damn so they took it out but Who was she did in fact sleep with sal damn 
She did, in fact, sleep with Sal. Go Sal. Now I would have, if I would have known that before, I would have gave him a, a dap or something. Consensually? I mean, I kind of this whole new fucking. Yeah, no, it was not, and not, not in real life in the movie, you schmucks. No, it was in the movie. In the context of the movie, because when she's asked that question, she doesn't answer. Yeah, she tells him she didn't do it. Yeah, it's not because she didn't do it. It's because it's really none of his business. Yeah. And she's not even she she was she was actually really interested in Sal at one point. That's why he tries to save her life. He was also really interested in her. And things well, got that makes up. a whole lot more sense now than him just being like an Urkel lover boy type. He actually yeah. got okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. There Damn, was, I wish they would let yeah. that in. Well, it's not <laughs> something that they necessarily took out. It was stuff that they sort of worked around new, new and and I, I I wish they had shot it because it definitely would have given them a little more depth with each other and it would have made it a little more make a little more sense but it, it does or, or at least his chivalry make a little more sense and why he was willing to kind of risk his life for her because he did essentially have some feelings for her in the long run um i do think there was a version where, of the script and i'd have to look again but i think there is a version where he does live and roger's the one that ends up dying and somewhere along the lines they fl- they flip those roles um, uh, I'm i don't behaving. know when <laughs> okay i don't know cool. when but, I think with um, any shot yeah. with slip covers being so popular that they'll do a demon boogie slip cover. Because let's be honest, it'll be a huge success. No reverse no. art. Well, you can get you can get them here from no. Flesh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin would burn them all. He'd buy them all and burn them. Well, Kevin, you can buy them here. They're cheap. <laughs> but, but I will tell you, a Halloween night slip cover would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be sick as fuck. Halloween party, you mean? No, just yeah, it's party. reversible. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting Slash Tober mixed up in there too. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I always, I, I always kind of wondered though if it was released as Halloween Party, would it have found the same success that it did? Because I think, I don't think this poster would exist because the word party would be in this poster four times. Mm. I don't think <laughs> that they would have used that. I don't think they would have used that marketing. They would have changed it up a bit. I don't know if it would have found the same success if it had that title. It might have found more. Because it would have been next to Halloween in the video store shelves, but I mean, if you're, if, you know, you're, it's 1989, and you're scanning the horror section for a movie to rent in October, you're going to scan the entire section. You're not just going to go to Halloween and call it a day. You know, you're going to look yeah. for everything, and this is going to stand out too. So, you know, who the cover knows? always did. So. Yeah, and it was so good they used it again. Well, the same style. If it ain't broke, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second one. It might yeah. be like top five of ASR. Oh yeah, the original. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get much more eye-catching than Angela. Yeah, and demon makeup. Yeah, well, the the movie itself. A lot of I remember I was uh, uh, when I used to start writing for the interwebs. Um, I worked for a website called um, JoeHorror.com, and it was run by this guy. His name is Brian Harrison. Um, he told all of the people who reviewed for him that any movie you review, you can't review it as a fan. You have to review it as a critic. So you have to look at everything objectively. And basically, can you compare the movie you're giving a five-star rating to something like Psycho? Is it going to stand up to Psycho? Is it going to be like Psycho in 30 years? Are people still going to be talking about it and you know studying it and you know showing it in film schools and whatnot? And if you couldn't, if you couldn't in good conscience say yes, you couldn't give the movie a five-star rating. 
uh, you had to give it some whether four or four and a half, you know, because thank God we don't got those rules. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't there. So when I reviewed Night of the Demons, I gave it a three because I reviewed it objectively. And I thought, you know, at that point and for a, a, a very for a couple of years, I probably underplayed it for a lot of people because I think I I, I was I looked at it a little too critically than I should have. Um, but my point to that is, is recently it was brought to my attention. Somebody was bitching about me complaining about how awful Halloween ends is going to be and uh, brought up Night of the Demons and how awful that movie is. And I said, you know what, dude? Whoa. I, said, <laughs> I, said, I was like, first of all, shots fired. Secondly, low blow. Um, thirdly, Night of the Demons has like a 6.7 rating on IMDb. That's right up there with like Return of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead. It's close. I mean, like it's it's high up there. It's up there with the fog. Like I looked at other movies that are in that bracket. It's high. I'm like, so this isn't just some throwaway low budget, you know, film. It it, it made an, it made enough of an impression. These people gave it a solid ten. You know, yeah, ten thousand people gave it a ten. Another nineteen gave it a nine, and um, so it isn't just a throwaway kind of 80s horror film you know and now i, I even now if i look at an objective like yeah it's got some flaws of course it's not perfect but what fucking 80s horror movie is yeah they all have issues if you if you picked them apart you could pick everything apart. yep and this one's no different so. not a lot matches it in terms of fun no. so mm. for sure well mm. now let's find out if the sequel is uh matches up in fun I, I'm Demons looking forward too. to talk about the sequel. So yeah, let's start with Night of the Demons too. Um, Dan, do you want to start with your initial thoughts? Uh, well, my initial thoughts. I, I did. Wait, watch wait, 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 wait. Time out. Okay. Let's do Kruger first. Oh, okay. Okay. He is, Kruger, I, Kruger's I, opinion I, is right now untainted. This is true. All right. And well, Dan, give him. Sorry, Dan. I just think that that. No, that works. Thank, thank you, producer Chris. No <laughs> yeah, worries. no, that works. Um, for me, for me, I really like the whole setting of you know the Catholic school and just these you know good Catholic kids just being bad as fuck, and that that really added a lot to the first like probably forty minutes of the movie because it does take a while to get there. But also on the first night of the demons, it does take a little bit to, you know, get to the destination of all the bad shit and Sandy happening. But once you're there, I mean Angela, I feel like in that movie almost turns into a slasher icon. I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about kills later, but there's a specific kill that I was just like, yeah, it's like something you would straight up see Freddy Krueger do, like right before he killed somebody. And uh it really grew my love for that character in general, just because like the first night of the demons, I, I feel like it's well balanced between like all the people that are being possessed. Like they all have their own qualities that make you like them. But Angela just in two is just an all-star and the whole end sequence with the snake. I mean, as a creature fan, uh, that was just so badass to see on screen and it, it, it lived up to its expectation. It's a step down from the original film, but it's still a goddamn really good sequel. All right. Dan. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I'm a big Brian Trenchard Smith fan in general. I think he's a great director and he's done fantastic work across all genres. Um, 
I, th- I believe I was very well aware of who he was, in fact, before I went in to see Night of the Demons 2. Uh, watched all of them in order. There's a lot of people that rank this above the first. I hear that really? more and more, uh, which surprises me because I do think, uh, you know, I, I think this is a fantastic sequel, and we'll get into our rankings later. Uh, I think it's actually one of the better sequels. And, you know, look, 1994... You know, it's not a, a, a stellar year necessarily for horror, at, at least in terms of volume. So I was surprised at how well made this is. I think I think that this is a great sequel. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, once again, we'll get into all the our favorite kills and everything later. But I, I think this has some of the most iconic scenes there is. We've got... Uh, uh, the cast, in a lot of ways, it does feel like a bigger movie. Uh, we have Jennifer Rhodes as Sister Gloria. I mean, holy crap, she's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, awesome kills, great makeup. It, it is just a fun movie, and I, I'm quite, I'm kind of surprised because I do rank the original Night of the Demons quite high myself in terms of '80s horror, and uh, I just love everything about it. Just beginning to end and i do think that night of the demons 2 doesn't get enough credit because i i think it's just spectacular uh once again at a time where the genre was certainly in a in a dry period um another there is another another well famous actress out of this one pugs your favorite i know she has your favorite line in the craft we have uh mrs taylor (laughs) Um, yes, Mrs. Stiller. Um, Pugs, what are your thoughts? Um, so when I first saw this, I liked it, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't love it. But like, you ask me today, I kind of love it. Like, it's it's grown more on me because it's just it's fun. It's not as fun or as good as the first one, but it's in very good company. Um, as a young man watching those dudes look at the girls next door, I was like, this is the dream. Where can I get this? Can I go to this school? <laughs> uh, so that was always fantastic. But yeah, you I never I, got your sticky treat pugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Uh, that made me lose my train of thought. But, any, but I do think this is a good, um, a good sequel. They up the gore a little bit. Uh, actually a lot of it, but, um, yeah, it's just good. Like I don't, I pretty middle of the road. I'm good. <laughs> did you pop? Did you guys all pop for Kurt bouncing his head? That was one. Like I remember watching it and just losing my mind. I'm like, this is yeah. so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> what are you um, I often met. Okay, this was released in '94, and every time we have something that comes out mid '90s, I'm always like, yeah, I was too busy doing other shit to watch this. This is an exception. There was a Night of the Demons 2. I had to immediately see it. So, um, yeah, I love this one. I I knew you guys were like, it's a step down. I don't think it is. I think it's more of a sidestep. It's still great, but it's just different. But it's still... The characters, I think, are less developed in the first one, though. Yeah. Because they're all kind of just basically the same archetypes with different people playing them. That's, like, my one complaint, but it's still tons of fun. Um, and... I was talking about this to Chris the other day off air, and I was like, people don't really know that they're sequels. Chris is like, well, two, they do, but three is like completely forgot by most people. I mean, came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so, all right, Chris. Chris. Yeah, go for it. What, what so am I forgetting? This is this is this is. You're not gonna, you're not forgetting anything. This is sort of sacrilege on my part, but uh, two is a better movie than the first one. Wow, oh, wow. Okay. it's better paced, it's better written, it's better act, it's better acted on a technical level. Do I prefer it over the first one? No, um, but objectively, it's a better film. It's got a much better pacing to it. Um, it's got a lot more going on in it. It's got more characters to, that have things to do. Because um, there really is a point in part one where we're watching people run around a house for 30 minutes, and that's all they're doing. Um, and trying to escape. Every scene is a... Looney Tunes! Is a, you know, like it. It, yeah, it's like the Scooby-Doo. You know, they're running through the house uh, while the villain's chasing. And in part two, there's, there's more going on. Um, part two also has... Um, the benefit of veteran actor Jennifer Rhodes, who plays Sister Gloria, um, yes. giving a character like that an arc when she starts off as this kind of stuck up, you know, almost like the villain, realistically, right? And then yeah. she becomes the hero. You know, you, you she she has a turnaround, and all of the characters, you know, that kind of make it to the end have this sort of epiphany turnaround, and they fucking turn a priest into a demon. Like you gotta, <laughs> you really gotta, and you gotta, you got a nun practicing kung fu, um, you know, the mean the fucking yardstick. <laughs> yeah, that's and, accurate. I mean, that holy ghost line she drops is like a real yeah. thing in Catholic school. Yeah, I mean, there got. is there's a lot of great stuff in two. Two is a really solid little movie, um, and it had a lot more money. Realistically, yeah. at the end of the day, they had a bigger budget for two, and that it looks more and expensive. Yeah, it's brighter. Yeah, it's uh, well, so it's not supposed to be. That's something that um, the director of photography, if you watch Good. the Blu-ray, he complains about the 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 Blu-ray being too bright because they did uh, Olive mm -hmm. Films. I believe this was their mantra: they would just kind of scan the negative and then just release the version they put out, and they wouldn't do any kind of post-production work or color timing correct or color correcting. They would just sort of release it as is. And I believe that's the case. I know that's the case with part two because David Lewis, um, being a good DP, because he was also the DP in the first film, um, when you shoot at night, you overlight. You do more to make stuff stand out on set. So when you're in post, you can always take the levels down. You can't add light to a scene if it's not there. So he shot that movie with a lot of lights on. And they shot that movie at night. And there are scenes on that Blu-ray that they were shot during the fucking day because it's so fucking bright. So that's their bad. They should have done a better job uh, tweaking that master and making it look you know, more accurate to what it was supposed to look like. But yeah, so part two is a lot of fun. I like part two a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, the only thing about part two I would change is I would have made the cast a little more diverse Then, because the, the first one had that nailed and the second one, it's like a bunch of white kids. There's no diversity in that cast at all. They're all just a bunch of white kids, and I'm just like, well, eh. it was a Catholic school. There were some, there were some brothers in that Catholic school, you know, the one that turned on the heavy metal. Like they could have made what him they, one of the main yeah. characters. You know? <laughs> look what they did um, to the one and three, dude. Like that shit was fucked up. I mean, look, they, they, they <laughs> had one. They, but look what they did to the one in part one. He survived. So I mean, come on. I mean, he could have been the guy, you know, who was the other dude who was obsessed with basketball. Like, why not? You know. Shit, been, that would have been cool been actually way better for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know i mean um there was something i wanted to say about part two but i can't remember what it was uh i'm drawing a blank 
we we talked a lot about part two. We actually got a lot of people from part two when we were doing interviews. But um, I remember talking to Jennifer Rhodes with you for a while. Yeah, uh, oh. if I, we didn't say already the Night of the Demons documentary. If, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's my, my bad. The, actually, the cool thing about part two was so. <laughs> no, I have to. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm starting a new. That's why I'm starting a new point. Okay. Um, because right. I, I remember what I wanted to say. The cool thing about part two was that they did a uh, they they were getting ready to finish the film, and they put together a work print or a rough cut to show to Republic Pictures because Republic Pictures had you know paid for the movie and they wanted to see what they had paid for, and the executives at Republic loved it so much that they gave them like another three hundred thousand dollars to make a bigger ending. So over wow. Christmas break, Steve Johnson and Brian Trenchard Smith came up with the snake. That's right. Let's go. And, and, came, <laughs> and that's how the snake uh, thing came about. And Amelia Kincaid held a world record. I believe she might still hold it for the longest time spent in a makeup. She was in that makeup for over 18 hours. Holy Whoa. shit. So, oh, damn. She deserves fucking about, props for that, man. God yeah, damn. you want to talk about somebody being a trooper? That's that's killer right uh, there. A few hours is not easy. Um, I mean, but it looks so fantastic. I mean, thank God she yeah. did it. Two definitely does not feel like a small movie. And, you know, a sequel like that, at it, it, that time period, a lot of those movies felt, like, very small. Uh, this one does. It, it just it feels bigger, better. Uh, it's a shame that it didn't get, like, some big theatrical release where it could have potentially caught fire because it's just a blast. I do prefer the first one, too, and I don't know if it's nostalgia that holds that above it for me. But it, it, even though I consider one better, it's not much better than two. Mm. I love two. Yeah, that's two, why I two, said they're kind of fun. like they're like kind of just different. Yeah, they're, they're really good stuff. companion pieces to each other. You can watch yeah. them both and get different things out of both of them. Um, and you know, part two just it, it, it's a lot of fun. And Brian was was brilliant in the way that he sort of beat the system with the gore because. Uh, his mindset was, I want this bloody head stump to be on screen for ten screen for ten frames. So the rough cut he submitted to the MPAA it was on screen for twenty. So when <laughs> they said awesome. cut ten frames, it was exactly where he wanted it. That's rad. And so the R, everyone's like, "Oh, are you ever going to do an unrated version? Is it ever going to be an unrated version?" It's like there doesn't need to be an unrated version. It basically he he sort of snuck around them to get what he wanted. And yeah. that's it. so it's 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 as gory as it was ever intended to be, which is great. Um, because I don't know why they that was curious for me too. I think part two would have realistically come out around the time that Blockbuster was really big, and I, I think they had that kind of like no unrated policy thing going on. Was that is that true, Todd? Can you back me up on that one? <laughs> no, I'm just booing Blockbuster in general, but no, I know that. Uh, I was just asking if that's yeah, that that that. that yeah, at that time they were uh, no unrated. Don't boo the dead, Todd. Because you know what was weird is Blockbuster R. carried R. the unrated R. version of the first one. So a I don't lot know why of, see, the second one would have been a problem. A lot but. of that because my Blockbuster had the original unrated Toxic Avenger. The thing mm. with most Blockbusters is they took over an existing store, right? And a lot of that stuff they didn't get rid of unrated stuff. They just didn't bring new product in. Gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense then. So that's probably why part two was rated because they probably wanted to be able to get it into Blockbuster. So, uh, but I remember seeing the ad for it in the little the flyers you could take home every week. They'd print them and put them on the counter. Yeah. And I don't. My father would always bring them home with the weekly rentals because we rent every Friday. 
And then I saw Night of the Demons too in there and had a fucking coronary because you know they're making it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah. So uh yeah, so he rented it for me when I was in school and uh um I had to do I remember he put it on top of the fridge and I had a list of chores to do before I could watch it. Oh, that monster. Yeah, Smart pops. record time. <laughs> I did that I did those chores in record time and I got a stool from the kitchen and climbed on top of the counter and got on top of the fridge and took the tape off the top of the fridge. I could have done that at any time. And that's what I, that's what I said to him when he got, cause he caught me and I said, everything's done. And I could have done this at any time, but I waited till I was done. And he looked and he saw everything and said, it's okay, fine. But just don't do it. Cause he was worried I was going to fall. It wasn't so much about the tape. It was about a, I don't know, seven or eight year old climbing up Put it you know, it 12 you. feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, right? So, uh, yeah, and I, and I remember liking part two when I saw it. I, I liked it a lot. I remember thinking the holy water stuff was great. Um, the kids were great. The you know it, I, remember, I remember it scared the shit out of me when Angela rips off Mouse's jaw. Oh um, yeah, dude, such yeah. an awesome scene. Yeah, too. there was there was some great jump scares in part two. Um, I also love the humor in two when she, you know they were making out in the car and Angela's massaging the dude. And then, oh yeah, the you know they realize that they realize it's not you know it's not her and she's just flipping them off and does a little wave. And I love it. I thought that was fucking <laughs> hysterical. Uh, but uh, and also Quentin Tarantino loves part two. So yeah, when's he going to put what Amelia in a movie? My God, right? <laughs> I don't know. Someday. <laughs> well, he's she, what, there's one more, right? <laughs> so he says. I know. Oh. And he's he's switching to books. We'll see. He'll end up doing TV ones, <laughs> you know, yeah, streaming TV ones. Um, all right. Well, this one is actually the one I'm most interested about talking about. Um, because I know I know some opinions. I watched three this time, and I had a hell of a time. So I I know Chris's face. Um, no, I'm not I'm making the face because you stole the tagline from the first movie. So. No, that was organic. It wasn't on purpose. <laughs> I don't believe you. Um, Kruger, first yeah. time. Well, better let you go first. All right. Um, to be honest with you, I thought this one's pacing kind of sucked. And uh, the whole story with this gang of friends and, you know, this one dude just, you know, making this mistake in this gas station ends up going on this Bonnie and Clyde chase with his, you know, friends in the car and his buddy ends up getting hurt. Uh, all of that just, I don't know. It just didn't interest me that much. So I was kind of just, you know, waiting for Angela to come into play, get stuff rolling. Uh, but the one thing I'll say about this movie is I feel like the effects are a big step down from the other films, especially the practical effects. I mean, the stupid, fucking snake arm thing i just thought it was like shit Cobra! <laughs> and, and, like it, it bothered the, like just those that type of stuff it, it didn't work as well as you know the awesome stuff we got in two or the first film and uh overall like i was just kind of waiting for the movie to end to be honest with you because it just the effects weren't working we got some dodgy cgi in there too that whole fucking intro sequence i thought was oh that was rough. Oh, it was rough for me and uh by the end i was glad it was over but like if i'm gonna compare it to something like nowadays like you know it i would rather watch this than the movies that we get you know now but at the same time, it's not very good, and it doesn't it, it doesn't live up to two or the first film at all. 
Now, here's what I got to ask, because I know there's one giant gripe Chris has with this film. One of the main ones. It's not just me. I know, but he didn't mention it. Now, I don't know if he noticed it or not. I'm sure he noticed. Well, the, was there anything the, else that was off that you like just jumped out at you immediately? No. I know what it is. But... This drives Chris insane. Go ahead. Okay. Did you the... not notice that it wasn't the same house? Yeah. Oh, sh- I I didn't because I was pro- my mind was probably dr- drifting. Uh, but it's a big complaint that a lot of people have. It's like obviously not. And this and this time watching it for me, it didn't bother me. I I just I will admit I was might have been a little relaxed and enjoying it. But <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, like yeah, it didn't bother me. I was into the story this time. It's never I've never not liked this one. It's definitely a step down. But I found myself having the most fun I've had with this one that I, I think I've ever had. I think maybe the fact I haven't watched it in so long, but I I'd really love to see this one finally cleaned up. And I'm I'm with you here, Todd, because I remember not liking this movie, and this time it didn't feel like that big of home- like it still felt a little bit like homework because like Stan's fucking garbage, but like everything <laughs> leading up to that is kind of fun, like watching uh, Lane Staley or Allison Chains blow away a cop that was interesting and a fun way to start a fucking movie <laughs> but then after that like okay cool where's angela there yeah. she is well is that all we're gonna do it's just lackluster for me um but it's again it's just it's kind of fun uh it's in good company but like it, this one doesn't hold its own but it wasn't it's not bad it's not bad Chris will tell you why it's bad. Oh, it's, not, I know. <laughs> it's not a regular watch for me, like at all. I, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, there is I, a bunch of issues. It. I know Chris knows quite a few. All right. Dan, will you lie on three? I don't I have no so, idea. So the industry in general, it changed quite a bit, even again between 94 and 97. Things were definitely budgets were shrinking. Uh just the market in general was was all very, very different between 94 and 97 and yes this is the cheapest of the of the films uh it it looks it having said that i have a lot of fun with this one i really don't think it's an awful film yes it is not as good as one and it is not as good as two it's not even close but i think that sense of fun and the the night of the demons feel is still there there's a lot of laugh out loud lines in this one i Give him a break. That's probably the closest he's ever been to a wet hole. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's. I have fun with answer that. Is it cheaper? <laughs> oh, fuck you, bugs. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say that's Dan's biopic title. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Netflix, call me. Uh, but yeah, no, I get it. Like, I'm not. I, I don't think you'll find too many people. Although, once again, I've known of a couple that this is their favorite Night of the Demons movie. I don't mm-hmm. quite get that, but they are out there. Probably a small group, but it's got to be the first thing they watch um, or something. Pop, probably. Honestly, that's my theory. The first watch, you're always going to have nostalgia for it, and it probably was. This is a weird one because, yeah, and I'm Chris will elaborate on this more, but. Every time I'm like, there was a Night of the Demons 3? Like, anytime I bring it up, it's like, man, I don't even remember that. And in 97, this movie did kind of feel like it came out of nowhere. Uh, there there wasn't, I mean, again, we're pre-social media and everything, so sometimes you did just discover it when it dropped mm. at the video store. And you like, know how I found it? Bangoria. 
What? I, I was going to say, you know how I actually found out about it? Again, 97, still was trying to do other things, went to the video store. Mm-hmm. It, and I didn't know about it, but they had the screener tape, which was double featured with what, Chris? Uh, Night Falls on Manhattan. Yeah. And <laughs> random double. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what uh, was it. Trimark or no? That was that night in the title. It was Republic. It was Republic. It was like an EP. Um, but yeah, that was the first time I saw it. Yeah, and I, I knew. Yeah, my friends at the video store made sure the, I was able to watch it. The kills. I mean, the kills. They're not as iconic here. I mean, you know. Again, yes, it is not as good as the first two. The I tongue just... thing, the tongue thing with Angela bothers the fuck out of me. It just looks mm. like shit. Like when she, when her tongue shoots through the back of his head, it just looks like, a, like typical, like somebody stuck a spear through it. It doesn't even look like her tongue. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, there are much cheaper looking sequels at the oh, yeah. time, but I don't know. I I still have fun with this one. Um, and yeah, I think cleaning it up like a proper new version, which I don't know, we don't have it. I don't know if we'll ever get it at this point, but I think would do this movie a lot of favors. Not not going to be anybody's favorite Night of the Demons movie, but I will stand up and say I do believe it is fun. I I still have a good time with it. I won't die on the hill, but. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. If you like the other two, just keep your expectations low and, and understand that they had a lot less money to work with. And the whole house thing does bother the shit out of me, too. <laughs> Let's talk about the baseball hat, Chris. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I'm, I'm going to be controversial again on three because I my opinion on three has changed over the years. Um, when I first saw it, I, I remember renting it with my friend Joe, we rented it in Retro Puppet Master from Master Video oh. the same night. Which one did you watch first? That's the first question. Retro Retro Puppet Master. Right. Sure, we watched first because we were really into the Puppet Master franchise at that point. And um, midway through that one, I think we were contemplating suicide. So <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. you watched that one first. We were our young twelve year old minds didn't want anything to do with that film. And uh, that hasn't changed, honestly. I've seen it as an adult, and I'm like, nope, this is still terrible. Uh, Night of the Demons. So I remember thinking, well, at least Night of the Demons 3 will be good. <laughs> and then watching that and going, did we fucking, did we like kill JFK? Like, are we, like, is, our, <laughs> is our karma just so fucking fucked that we, we, we can't, we couldn't get a decent movie tonight? Like, what the hell happened? So, um, and it was hard to get for a while, too. I remember that. It was, it was a price. It was priced at like $90 to buy for a really long time. Then one day it just dropped down to like $8. Um, but, you know, they made this movie in two weeks. Oh, wow. Um, did not they, know sh- that. They, sh- they shot it in two weeks in Canada. And the effects studio was Soda Effects, which is a great effects company. The problem was is they couldn't fly any of the actors from Canada to the U.S. to get molds made of their faces. That makes the only sense. one they could get was Amelia. So every piece of makeup in that movie was sent to Canada in various shapes and sizes in the hopes that they could just Frankenstein something together on set and make it work. Um, and that was the unfortunate aspect of the effects on part three. They did their best. They did everything they could. And I honestly think Orson as a demon is a great look. 
I think that's a great makeup. Yeah. And I think Abby as the cat demon looks great too. I think they did they did do a good job. Some of them are a little lackluster, but in, in fairness, in the first film, the only three characters who get demon makeup are, are Angela, Stooge, and Suzanne. The rest are basically just zombies. And they're great makeups. I mean, uh, um, Helen's contorted face is still disturbing, and Franny's head being spun backwards, and her walking backwards with they, it wasn't a, it wasn't simple. I shouldn't call it simple, but you know, for the most part, that they were their faces were just painted. So you know, Night of the Demons Three does have a bit more on the demon fence going for it, and you know, they shot it in Canada because Canada was offering tax breaks like hey come make your movie here for a million dollars and we'll give you nine hundred thousand of that back in tax yeah. breaks and to any any studio that was appealing you know um yeah and the fact is. that the house was already gone there was no reason to still shoot in la right well so uh, no the house wasn't gone yet the house was oh it wasn't torn okay down. i thought it was no okay. the house was in the process of about the problem was they couldn't get the money together to shoot it in la by the time the house was going to be torn down so that's why canada was was chosen and uh they were able to kind of get the money together to do it in canada and then you know the, as they were shooting part three the house was actually torn down so um and what so is the house now, was Chris? available for a little while it is a ralph's yes. ralph's grocery store <laughs> uh, which <laughs> i did go to and i did buy a um, it was around October, I think, or August, or somewhere. No, no, it wasn't. It was Some August. lipstick. Yeah, no, I, no, I bought a, I bought a, uh, a, a sour ball that was, uh, it, it was a little eyeball <laughs> sour ball. I really wanted to buy sour balls from there, so I bought, I found that. I still have it. It's hanging over there somewhere. Um, so back to part three. Um, so with that said, like, I'm amazed that three is in focus. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, um, because they just they really were under the gun because they were also shooting at night, and in parts of certain parts of Canada, nighttime doesn't last very long. So, uh, you know, they they were on a time crunch and a, and, a, and they really didn't have a lot of money, and they still managed to deliver a movie at the end of the day. And I honestly do like the script in three because it's different. It's not kids going there to have a party again. It's kids going there because they're sort of forced to be there. Um, and I thought that was kind of a unique idea, especially when you're talking about a directed video franchise where they could have been going there for a party and nobody would have blinked an eye. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that somebody was kind of coming in to do something a little different and big shout out to Kevin Tenney because he did write part three and he wrote it with, you know, the spirit of the first two in mind. Um, the director, Jimmy Kaufman went into part three, not having seen the first two because mm. he didn't want to do steal or borrow from them inadvertently he wanted to make his own movie and i think that hurt him a lot because in his way of making his own movie he didn't realize that he was making a movie that didn't really fit the you know the franchise very well uh, i would have loved it if they had done like a pre-opening credit during instead of that shitty animated opening credit sequence they had done like a newspaper clipping deal where like the original house was torn down and a new family moved in on the property and built a new house and tried to run it as a funeral home and one Halloween night they were found dead and it's been empty ever it's been empty again ever since you know Hull House once again remains dormant empty, isn't Keeping, it? you know yeah well that's the part that I was really confused about why they didn't try to do that when but I guess from what I understand is they saw the rough cut of the film and they weren't really looking at the dailies very much 
until they were just about done. And at that point, it might have been too late to work that in. And I think mm-hmm. they just kind of thought, we'll just hope that nobody will notice. And, well, Kruger, you made their dream come true. Nobody, he didn't notice. So, um, but uh, hey, I did. Chris, now you got to make these newspapers and make a fan edit. Well, so the funny part was, is that part three, part three is tied up in a bunch of legal shit. Um, I can say that on the record because it's not, it's not unknown information. But we were discussing with the producers and the company that was going to put it out about doing a sort of director slash producers cut of part three where we were going to do that we were going to change the opening titles to have the newspaper clippings and um kind of try to work it into the film somehow um very quickly and and easily but we could have done it and we were talking about it and there's also some footage from part three that was cut uh in the director's cut that i've seen uh some of it needs to stay where it is and some of it (laughs) should have been left in the movie and that was some stuff we were going to try to re-insert back into the film as well. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, that got kiboshed. Like I said, the legal issues have kind of put that one on hold indefinitely. So um, I don't know if we'll ever see a Blu-ray part three. If I'm being fully transparent, we may not. Uh, but uh, someday we might if somebody wants to spend the money to get the, the crap figured out. So I'm shocked we haven't got one overseas at this point. Someone. Yeah, well, the negative is with the major studio, so no one has access to it. And that that monster's so HD transfer so was the, disappeared. Yeah, so the IPs over there too. Uh, all of the film materials are with the major film studio that that has some rights to it right now. So, um, yeah, with something like Fright Night too. There was a, no, yeah, sorry, there was, He's good. <laughs> there was a there was a TV master of Fright Night two made, and I think that HD version overseas was was uh was officially licensed from paramount because they had some rights to it so that one kind of snuck through the monsters hd crack sorry pugs um i think (laughs) yeah uh there's only yeah i don't know i I never even saw that hd version pop up anywhere either so part three for me really has come around is it as good as the first two no um is it as much fun i think so does it fit with the franchise sort of I think the tone is right. I think the idea is right. I think the characters work um, for it. I just think the biggest issue is the house because the house is just as much of a character in the first two films as any of the other characters. And removing that element and then pretending like it's not different and then insult to injury using stock footage from the first movie was like, you're just reminding us now that this house is not the right one, you fuckers. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> um, so, you know, um, yeah. And it, it, it suffered because of, of Jimmy not seeing the first two movies because he didn't know the house was that different. <coughs> and um, yeah. he's aware now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's watched the first two movies and he's, and, he's, and he's gotten feedback on his own. So he knows what? where he stands, but... I'll- I'll trigger Dan. It's like going from the Munster's house to the Desperate Housewives' house. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why do you have to bring down the mood, God? It's ridiculous, man. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I look. There's a lot you can pick at. I don't think three is a bad movie at all. That's that's just me. I, I would defend it being good, but I will defend that I had a good time with it. Yeah, yeah I, I I wouldn't say that I, th- I think it's a good movie either. I think it's a it's a it's a fun movie. But yeah, it, it doesn't good? betray. It keeps the spirit of the other two. 
Yeah, it's, yeah, and it feels nineties to me. <laughs> it is very nineties, and you know, and, and you know, you, you you did what you had to do. But you know, like kind of like Kruger said, I'd rather watch it over a lot of other, yeah, newer uh-huh. direct video, especially direct video stuff these days. Some of that shit because now it's direct to streaming. It's not even DVD anymore. The crap that just spews out of some of these channels sometimes it's a wonder that these people can tie their shoes in the morning you know like we are familiar with this we watch a lot of this crap yeah <laughs> i'm aware <laughs> so you know night of the demons 3 sort of really pales in comparison but it's a lot better than leprechaun's game todd oh, no. <laughs> leprechaun's game is... all right the big one i know it's chris's favorite of the franchise let's talk about i'm sorry i don't even want to mention we just talk about the remake from 2009. I, I'll be honest. I almost skipped this and went to the ranking till I remembered we have one more movie. <laughs> I would have been I'll, fine with that. I, I can go first if you guys want. Because Kruger I, or Pugs, who wants it? Oh yeah, it, I've seen it before. So up to you, Kruger. All right, you take it. Well, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll just go first. Uh, so I was going into this fully expecting it to suck ass, and the first thing that just got me is just all the Halloween costumes and the Halloween party going on. Uh, it just, it, I don't know it being that time of year, it kind of just started putting me in the Halloween spirit. He's got like some dude walking around in a jigsaw costume and just goofy shit from that time period that I remember seeing during Halloween and like in Halloween stores and stuff like that. Um, the first thing I will say though, like, negative the angela you can't compare it to the original angela and her design in this movie isn't the best uh, i wasn't really a big fan of it or like the theatrics that she put on it just you know when you had all that greatness before and watching it just you know prior to watching this movie for the first time like it, she doesn't pair in comparison to the original but the one thing I'll say is there's some pretty good gore effects in here. I, I got some weird tentacles going on in certain places. There's a certain sex scene that I really just like was like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? And it, I, it was just bad shit fun at certain points. Uh, the way it brings itself home, though, it, it really kind of lost its, you know, momentum ap- appeal to me. But the one thing that I did think that just like made me like this kind of, and actually like it over three is it has the soundtrack that just like when you're a metalhead and you're fucking rocking along and seeing people get fucking ripped up and shit. Like it, it really appealed to me at, when it had those moments in there. Uh, but overall, I'm not going to argue it's a good movie, but I did have fun with it. And it was way better than I expected, uh, especially within the first, couple of minutes I, I forgot to mention this before but uh when we got the whole flashback sequence i thought this is going to be complete dog shit but it surprised me in certain aspects but overall you know i do understand why people could hate it because you know it doesn't even pale in light to the original fair all right uh Hugs? well i am a little biased my friend is uh has a song in the movie Give me, give me bloodshed by Wednesday 13. So that's the whole reason I was looking forward to it to begin with. But my expectations for the enjoyment of the movie were like low. I'm like, it's probably going to suck, but whatever. My friend got paid or at least <laughs> some notoriety. Uh, but after I watched it the first time, I was like, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. And so I do like this movie because like the gore, the sex scenes for sure. I, I What I love the most is the upgrade of the music. We go from Bauhaus, which I do love, 
to typo negative, which I love more. So like that part in particular is fucking rad. Uh, it just it it hits certain buttons for me where I give it a pass. I can't fucking highly recommend this movie though, because like if yeah. you're gonna pick one, I would totally go with the the OG. But this one is not a bad way to spend like an hour and a half. And ever furlong, I hope you're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's lost his BFF. Well, he can join him if he needs to. But I think he's on a good path right now. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Um, Dan, what did, did we review this one together? I don't even remember. Uh, well, this would have been probably me and you, Chris. Back, okay. yeah. I mean, we talked. We, this one's come up before on the old show. Yeah. I don't think Flesh Wound uh, ever did it, though. No, no, we definitely didn't. But all right, yeah. So what do you say about the... I don't remember. That's why I was asking. So the reputation for the 2009 remake is pretty bad. Uh, generally speaking, it's not spoken of very highly. And uh, I'll get the negatives out of the way first. Shannon Elizabeth was not a good Angela. I didn't buy her as sort of the weird goth chick at all. Uh, she was miscast. Uh, a lot of people have, have said this, and I totally agree. Tiffany Sheppis would have been great as Angela. And maybe it was like one too many lower budget films, but she was also starting to end up in some higher, uh, higher budget indie stuff around that time. I think she would have been fine. I think this could have been like a bigger breakout role for her. Uh, and I don't know. You look, this was like 10, 11 years after American pie. I don't think Shannon Elizabeth was necessarily going to talk anybody into the theater uh, had it have gotten a, a, a big theatrical release. Big fan. I, I think they could have gone without her. She just wasn't good. She's not awful. She's just miscast. And I, I she didn't make any sense. And that's like one of the biggest issues that I always had with the remake. Um, the biggest acting yeah, compliment yeah. I can give Shannon Elizabeth is she's a very pretty lady. She is a very pretty lady, <laughs> yes. Uh, Edward Furlong, he can act. I think you know, maybe at this point, seen better days, if we're just being honest. Had Captain his sober now. Had his demons, no pun intended. <laughs> um, I don't think this really needed, like, the names uh, with those two especially. I don't think they really added much of anything. I love Monica Kina. I think she's good. There's some weird lines in here that I don't even know if I caught on previous viewings, but, like, the whole rant about her not believing in waxing i was like i don't know what this is supposed yeah, to be that was doing fun. for me to to make me care this about is this why character Kruger was like fuck this movie um, <laughs> but cut, cut that hairy bitch <laughs> but and some yeah some of the makeup doesn't quite work there is some good makeup there is some good kills it's it's not i don't think this is as bad as its reputation at all i do still feel like uh, Adam Jarosh, the the he he at least it gives it the feel of Night of the Demons. It, it it fails, and there's other weird stuff like the Linnea Quigley scene. Hey, that's great callback to the first film. I don't know why it was two girls there. I, two I children. Were, yeah, it was very like you know. It feels like this is, would be a fun, cute little scene, but it doesn't quite make sense. Like at least have two teenage boys to like, laugh or at least have pops it. behind it to see it. Some <laughs> something, something yeah, like it, it, it's an awkward scene. The sour balls callback was just an awkward scene, uh, but I still think it's fun. 
I, I really don't have a miserable time watching this movie. I don't, I've heard people compare it to like, oh, it's on par with the, uh, you know, uh, Black Christmas, uh, the, the last remake. And I was like, I, no, I totally disagree. I do have a good time watching it. Uh, in some ways, and we'll see where I land when we actually do the ranking, but in some ways, it is better than three. Uh, I'm not saying I'm ranking it above that necessarily, but I do think it's a little certainly looks uh, looks better than three and then the production values are, are certainly higher. Um, yeah, I just don't think it's as, as bad as people make it out to be. It, it's disappointing because it wasn't good enough, obviously, to launch a new like franchise uh, or anything. I wish we could have just gotten Night of the Demons 4. That's what I would have liked. Even if you didn't call it Night of the Demons 4, there's ways to do that. Uh, Night of the Demons Resurrection or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but it is not as bad as its reputation. I had a good time. And I had to watch this uh, on a commentary on another podcast like a year ago. So... Two viewings now, recent viewings. I still, I, I, I like it. Yeah, flawed, but I, I like it. I got a I question know. before we move on too far. Uh, you know what? I'll save it. Never mind. Go for it. Okay. Um, I've never hated this one. Chris knows that. Um, it, it's got a very pretty cast. I'll give it that right off the bat. CW style. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um. It delivers in some places with with the nudity and the color, um, or the the gore. Remember Fucking Carney. Um, I totally lost it. It's a hell of a blade job there. Um, Chris, do you know if uh, Amelia was ever offered to play um, Evangelina? No. Should have. Yeah. That, that would have been least... dumb, actually. Yeah, you got Leanna back. Why would you not? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, if it was you don't. Yeah, okay. Um, it really, I agree with Kruger though. Like, I I had some fun with it, and then that last half hour, it was just killing me. I was like, why? Whew. It it got rough for me in the last half hour. The I got me. What the hanging bothers oh, me? Oh my god! Oh, that it's that, like this is the dumbest shit ever. And I think that we're leading up to that, and that's why that last thirty just really—I couldn't. It lost me. So, and this was the first time I think I've watched it alone because I haven't watched it since it first came mm -hmm. out. The first time it came out, I watched it with a group, and we all had a good time. I think that's a little bit different too. So, yeah, it's a party movie. Well, I mean, they all are, but yeah, a group of friends, good time. All right. Well, do we I don't remember rank? the question, but I will say, although. Like the 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 lipstick titty scene, I, both of them are awesome. the The remake one is excru excruciatingly gross and unnecessary, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I don't rem it. I don't remember where I was going with this, but also hearing the dude explain to it later, ex explain it later, like she put her uh, lipstick in her titty and pulled it out of her pussy. Oh, All that slime. Guys. Jason says she stuck a lipstick in her boob and it fell out her pussy. There you go. Got it. Here's that last get shot that with dialogue like that, right. It looks that, like that, egg egg whites. You <laughs> at the end. I was like, oh no, I don't want to see this. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, I, I know he's you? waiting to talk about this. Look how excited he is. 
So how much do you love this one, Chris? Why is this the best remake ever made? <laughs> Fuck you, Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> mm. Don't leave. Don't leave. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, there's a lot to unravel here. Uh, uh, I'll be... I'll... I'll, I'll okay. Um, I thought this movie sucked. I'm just going to start there. Um as a remake and as a sort of a direct-to-video horror movie, because most remakes I try to watch as a remake, and then I watch them as kind of their own thing and see what they do of their own material or their own sort of, you know, uh, based on their own merits. I try not to compare it, and this one's easy not to compare to the original because the only thing they take from the original is demons and the character named Angela and the character named Suzanne, and that's pretty much it. So it really is kind of easy to watch it based on what, um, it's doing on its own because it doesn't take enough from the original to, for me to do a direct comparison. Um, the reason I, I, I and I and I, I I I will actually agree the first like 15 minutes of this movie I'm kind of into it. Every time I watch it, I'm like okay like I'm here for it. I like these characters. I like and the the waxing scene that was written by the director's wife and she's actually had that conversation with her friend. So that scene she actually fought to keep that in. <laughs> because they were going to cut it and they said you know they had the same like no guy's gonna it's like, yeah, but what about the women that are going to watch this movie it's not just about the men we got to think about the women who are going to watch this too so case in point you four hetero assholes didn't understand it but us, well, it's still know, gross i'm sorry yeah. i'm a hetero asshole but it's gross the, 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 the homos here that have to hear this girl talk whether we want to or not we've we've heard those conversations and so um I and then the demons God show the, the the demons show up in the movie just takes a nosedive for me. Um, I I I really hate it when they they finally start to come into play. And the biggest issue I have with this movie is they gave the demons a motive. They need to possess seven people on Halloween night because these demons are so badass. They were cast out of hell, and the only way they can free themselves somehow of this house that probably didn't exist when that happened. Um, is to possess seven people on a Halloween night, and they fuck it up twice. <laughs> like it's just like these are ancient creatures. They should be a little more intelligent than they are in this movie. They yeah, can be human dumb. at will, yet they choose to grow horns and be nasty when all they got to do is kiss or bite somebody. Like let him for a few hours, Governor. <laughs> I'm saying, like, to pull a you know, pull something like the thing, you know, why? And then, like, there's one room that you can stay in the house that you'll be safe, but these fuckers keep leaving it. <laughs> like, there's it, they they gave you a blueprint of something and then, like, just told you to ignore it and pretend, you know, demons don't need a motive, demons possess people, that's what they do. We don't need a, a bigger, badass version of that. Like, that's bad enough. Um, and I thought the effects were terrible. That lipstick scene is awful. They had to, they had uh, to go over on. it with CGI. That's how bad that effect was originally. There's CG in that scene now. The original had no CG. The original was a very simple effect, and it was weird, and it was effective. Everybody remembers that scene from the original. They don't remember anything. They remember the lipstick and the breast. In the remake, it ha happened so quickly, and they tried to one up it with her pulling. Yeah, it's gross, but I'm like, this is this just doesn't it doesn't have that impact. I already forgot that that happened 
until the character with that dumb line brought it up again. And I was like, oh, so that's 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 the caliber of writing we're dealing with is like, you know, the most memorable line is the character freaking out about this. That's great. And again, another scene where the demon's like, oh, I have an opportunity to possess this person. I'm in a hot body. What am I going to do? I'm going to fucking freak the guy out and then let him walk away after I do the scary shit. What's the point? Like it's just I get what you pick just, at it. Yeah. You know, it's I just it. it's just it's 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 not well written, it's not well made. The only thing I will give the remake is Eddie Furlong has one of the best lines in a horror movie I've ever heard where he says to one of the characters, "Stop trying to add logic to this cuz none of it makes any fucking sense." And I'm like, "Okay, I've been waiting years for somebody to say that in a horror film. I just wish it was a better one. Um, well, they were just trying to warn you. You know, so they three were giving minutes, you like, <laughs> three minutes later. He falls through four stories. Well, yeah, and that was it, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, and only breaks his leg. Um, you know, but the other thing that bothered me about this too was everybody involved with it, with the exception of a handful of people, really just didn't seem to care. They, you know, they just were showing up to make a party movie. That's all they really wanted to do. They really weren't interested in me. Making a good horror film, which is what they were interested in doing in the original. The original just became a fun party movie. They weren't setting out to do that. They were trying to make the best movie they could, and everybody came in and delivered 110%. The remake just felt like, well, we're remaking Night of the Demon. So, you know, they took from it what they enjoyed about it and just thought, this is all we need to do. We don't need to do more than this. Now, we, it's kind of like showing up to the party, but not actually going to the party. You're just kind of hanging out in the background. That's all you, you're expected to do, so that's all you do. Still have kind of a good time, but you would have had a better time if you came there ready to actually be involved in the party. And I, I just... God, I hate this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really wish we... I... I, I, like, I liked it, but I, I just don't. Well, speaking of something that had some potential, let's talk about that last unproduced sequel yeah i had no idea it was going to be a thing so what was what was, was the tagline tagline on that one chris um it was night of the demons after party after party and uh tiffany shepis is angela yes and well so before we go on to that tiffany shepis did want to play angela in the remake but shannon elizabeth was on a three-picture deal and this was her third picture with that company. Yeah. So that's why she got Angela. She didn't even want to do it. She's not even Angela in the makeup. It's somebody else. It's her stunt. Yeah. <laughs> so. So there you go. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what do you remember what exactly happened? I know they were promoting it. Did they, I, did they try to crowdfund? I can't remember. What a sequel. Was. Just to clarify before you get into that. It's yeah. The, the, like... the sequel to the remake. Um, Okay. They were, it was called After Party, and it was supposed to be, if I remember right, the, the idea was that Tiffany Shepis's character comes back to the house for some reason. I don't remember what the reason was. And she, to make it even more complex, she gets possessed by Angela the demon, not the demon that possessed Angela. So she sort of becomes Angela as a demon. Snake's eating its own tail. What the fuck? Yeah, I think so. And I don't, I don't know if there was another party happening or if she brought people with her. Because if it was the next day, I think it was supposed to be the next day. It's not Halloween anymore, so they technically can't possess 
people. Day of the Dead party. Do it on Halloween night. Say, bring a sombrero. Yeah, but they, but they set up that rule in the first one that they only can do it on the Halloween right. night. So it's like again, like you, they established rules for demons. It's like, come on, guys, you're you're writing yourselves into a corner. And speaking of writing yourself into a corner, Monica Kina got an awful lot of history off of one corner of that fucking wall. Um, <laughs> you're right. You had that entire flashback, and that bitch didn't even move around the room. Like, you know, that was a solid three minutes of story. And I'm like, that bitch must have wrote small, man. Like, I can't shit. I did a memory. She got old yeller up there. Come, come on. Um, yeah. So I don't really the specifics on the sequel. I I, I know that Aunt, that Tiffany Shepes was was going to be Angela. She was really excited. Um, but this one burn people and tanked as bad as it did nobody wanted to see it happen regardless of what intentions were there um they should have just went know, the modern route and just made after party a direct sequel to the original series yeah and that would have made more sense um you know but this this whole thing just i mean it 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 it, it damaged the franchise frankly because i mean it was supposed to be a theatrical release it didn't happen um the company that made it filed for bankruptcy shortly after it came out. I mean, it barely came out on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, my brother bought it for me for Christmas yes. thinking he was buying the original and I wanted to kill him. Um, Is this a, a joke? A, cool. I own the original, of course, but B, like, what the fuck? Did you even look at this before you bought it? But um, it was an impulse. You saw it in the spirit of Christmas, Chris. Christmas bid, Dollar Tree. Too. Yeah, it was an. Imp- I guess it was. He said it was an impulse buy. But uh, and that was the other thing too. The cover art is awful. I mean, I mean, the first one has memorable cover art. This one has a fucking hand holding holding it hand up at a house. Like, what the hell is that? Uh, even the even the alternate poster art that one the re release isn't good with mm. the girls on it. Like that looked like mm. a fucking. I don't even know what that looked like. Like a, it was eye candy, but it, it doesn't say anything uh, about the movie. Nothing. And they had some great images from that movie. I'll give them that. They have some good, you know, of, of the two demon makeups that look pretty decent. The rest of them just look like rubber masks to me. I mean, they just did not look good. I just couldn't get out because the first one has amazing effects. And this one, it's like, oh, you went to Spirit Halloween and cleared out, <laughs> the, you know, the oversized mask section. Good for you. Uh I'll get off of this because I can't. I, I just, I'll keep going. <laughs> All right, then let's do this. I'll let you go first on this one, Chris. Your ranking. What would you rank them in order? Like my favorite to my least favorite? Yes. One, two, three remake. Exactly how they, they lie. Uh, I am the exact same. Um, one, two, three remake. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even rank the remake if it didn't need to be included. You know what also drives me crazy is one of the producers of the original caused the remake part four. And every time he does no. that, I stop him. You may be the money man, but it's not part of my history. Uh, uh, for yeah. me, I am one, two, remake three, but only because nepotism. They can interchange either, depending on my mood also. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, one, two, remake three. Dan? I am the original followed very closely by two which is a fantastic sequel and three barely over the remake so the remake lasts all right Dad. well right we're up oh, oh, no. you, gave, you gave yours already yeah yeah and i yeah i should add that up there thank you <laughs> it'll be fixed <laughs> whoops it would um, be nice if we do get something else amelia kincaid just saying yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, favorite character. Um, I could go first on yeah, this please. one. Uh, Stooge is absolutely my favorite character. He has some of my favorite lines throughout the whole franchise, and he's just a fucking asshole punk rock douchebag fat dude in a fucking pig mask, and I love him. Uh, he is also my favorite. Uh, driving with a woman, I feel his pain. That's awesome. <laughs> He's hilarious. Dan? It would be really cliche to say Angela. And I, so I have to, I really have to go with Sister Gloria, played by the great Jennifer Rhodes. She is an actress who always stands out in everything, even if it's just limited screen time or even just a cameo. She always, gives her role something that makes her memorable. And I think here she's amazing. I've heard some people criticize like some of the stuff thought they made, went a little too far with the comedy. I, I laughed at everything. I thought she was amazing. Uh, kick ass. And what a great actress. Sister Gloria is the shit. She should have gotten a spinoff movie. And I'm not even joking. I think that would have been fun. <laughs> um. Well, because I'm like not including Angela in my as my favorite. Um, <laughs> let's see if I get crap for this. I'm gonna go with Shirley Zoe Trilling from Night of the Demons 2. And I'm gonna tell you guys this it is it is a coincidence that if she has gone missing, I have nothing to do with this. Oh my god. <laughs> um, she's been missing yeah. for quite some time, so I can attest to that. <laughs> coincidence, I swear. Um, maybe, but yeah. maybe we should get tracked down at some point. I'd love to hear from Zoe. She does oh, not right. want to be found. Ah, yeah. uh, sorry. That's what All Ty right. said. Never know, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> I know what Chris's is. Um, so who do you Chris, think mine is? I, I, I know it's Stooge. Like, I don't know this though. I know this. So. <laughs> Our audience doesn't know this. Uh, well, I dressed up as the fucking guy for Halloween, so I mean, like, um, we'll throw a picture you know, up in uh, post. You know, there are some great, great characters in this franchise, and, and Stu what makes Stooge so great is Hal Havens. Uh, he yes. that character was written as an asshole, and Hal Havens made him a lovable asshole. And yeah. he's also the character when he becomes a demon, the fucking guy turns into a juggernaut. He's Jason. He becomes Jason <laughs> Voorhees. He is just ripping through people left and right, and he has no qualms about it. Um, he won the casket match. I love that. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, and I love is that. Is it true when? Uh, is it true that he didn't want to moon the old man? I always heard that story yes. out there that that's why yeah. he had the jack o' lantern under. Yeah, he, well, he, no, didn't well, I, show, he, he, he didn't want to. Were they trying to? Didn't they tell him that they couldn't see the pumpkin and to like do yeah, it? Yeah, and, 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 and he said that that's their problem. I did it. You got to sharpie, darken that shit up. Kevin or Joe should have stepped in and it's like, all right, we need an ass here. So. No, no, he, he, ass. He, he didn't want. He didn't want to do it. Um. But um, I think I like the pumpkin yeah. better. It, it fits the season. Yeah, no, the pumpkin works a lot more. I like that a lot more too. And it also like you know, it's, it 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 works in the Halloween theme too. So, um, but yeah, I mean he he's a great character. Uh, and he's a lot of fun to you know to watch. And uh, he has some of the best lines. And he you know eat a bowl of fuck is one of the most <laughs> quoted and memorable lines oh ever. And it's his line that he he ripped off from John Belushi. 
Yeah. And stand um, yeah, and he he asked about doing that line, and they said no, can't do that, and then he did it anyway. Then ended up in the movie, and it it's one of the lines that, uh, and the reaction of the cast was genuine too because they didn't know he was going to say it. So them all laughing was actual reactions of holy shit, he just said that. That's pretty funny. Uh, so I, I do like him a lot. I also shout out to Sister Gloria; she's fantastic. Um, I think she's great, and I also uh, I also really liked um, Father Bob. Yeah, I don't know why. I just liked how like dry and I don't. This is bullshit. And it's like the whole his whole yeah. mentality through all of part two, despite everything that's going on, is this is bullshit. I'm so sick of this crap. Like <laughs> it's just uh, even when he's about to be killed, he just almost looks like ah oh, fuck. Like <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. My I was really close on a on a. Uh, I just lost his name. Oh my god, Z Boy. Um, you like Z Boy from Part Two? No, um, Sal. Jesus, I don't know why I lost that one. Yeah, Sal's good too. Yeah, yeah, Sal's a lot of fun. Yeah, and so you know, I'm surprised no love for Suzanne from the original because I mean, she's great too. Yeah. Well, she may come you know, up in another. Linnea. She may come up in another one too. Judy. Judy. Um, I do want to say I didn't mention. At the opening of Night of the Demons 3, the little kid who was trying to see his sister naked, is that just me or is that really weird? <laughs> yeah, very the, 2022. I was going to say, that's the top I, search I, on I the documentary I, site. I, I don't She'll think be he stuck was in before, the Whoa, before we, we, we get in, I don't think he was trying to see his sister naked. I think he was doing what every annoying little brother does and just barged in her at the wrong time. I don't think he was okay. like... <laughs> Clearly, him and his uh, that was the friends were playing, and they were no, they were playing. They were jumping up and down in the bed. They weren't like peeking in through the the keyhole. They just barged (laughs) into her room. This is true. (laughs) All right, I'm gonna ask you, Kruger. It's scary that that's where it's scary that that's where you brought it. Like, to be fair though, in the first one, what was going on. The bodacious boobs, yeah. sis. I like. I understand where Todd's coming. I think from. it was an extension of that in my brain. Yeah. Now, Kruger, I'm going to ask yeah, you: maybe. Do you want to go first or last on favorite kill? Oh, I can go first. Um, so my favorite kill is from the first movie, and it's the razor blades and the apple pie ripping through the old man's throat. Goddamn right! It's just it's so <laughs> it's so over the top and ridiculous, especially because you know, like. You know, you're playing along with it. He's going to obviously react to that way before, you know, he does. But the dramatic effect and just the seeing these razor blades burst through his throat and the blood go all over the place. And then the his wife just fucking looking all sinister over him. That That's my favorite kill of the whole franchise. That's actually mine, too. And the reason being, it's uh, that was my first time ever seeing that lore, that that oh. old thing. Everyone tells everybody, be careful. Mm-hmm on screen and i was like oh fuck they finally did it and then <laughs> later on i'm like oh they do it all the time but like that was my first time seeing it like, and look fucking cool and that guy was a dick throughout the whole fucking movie so fuck him <laughs> yeah. yeah so that's my mine too dan so i can't really count the kurt basketball scene which i've always loved i just always thought that was really cool just bouncing and shooting, but that's not really a kill unless I just counted the decap as an extension of that. Decap's uh, great too, though. It mm. is. Uh, so I, you know, oddly enough, 
I picked the uh, old man razor blade throat kill too because I didn't think anybody else was going to go there. I, there were a couple other iconic scenes I thought you guys would pick, but uh, it, it's as far as like a visceral reaction, that's very uncomfortable. Just imagining swallowing a razor blade, it it's painful. I think it was a great just bookend to the movie, and I've always really liked it. It's always like, uh just you know, it's effective maybe not the most over the top but very effective and yeah i gotta go with that one i'm gonna tell you right now guys i am shocked because i have the same one no I fucking way else, i thought no one else was gonna pick it all real halloween no. fans here um, <laughs> chris uh well i love that kill but um i'm surprised nobody nobody's picked jay getting his eyeballs popped out that, that was my i mean i wanted to avoid the, just the, the sound effect on that is unnerving. The, you know, and the, and and the way they, they pop, pop too. Yeah. Yeah. They were grape tomatoes. That is. Um, mine is probably going to be when Angela bites off Stooge's tongue because that scene, when I was a kid, that scared the ever loving shit out of me. And I, I, I equate that scene to why I became a homosexual. Because I figured out, <laughs> this is what women are going to do to you. I don't want nothing to do with it. Um, not really. We looked but... and we're like, we found it here. Find out here, folks. Choice. Yeah, right. Uh, no, but I remember that scaring me. And also, not necessarily the kill itself, but when Angela bites off his tongue and she's holding on to him and then she eventually lets him go, she just does this one fluid motion where she lifts up her arm <laughs> and she's just staring at him watching him writhe and scream and fall over and there's no emotion she's just pure evil in that moment of like yeah fucker i just did that to you and i'm enjoying this and then she's got her tongue in his mouth and she's just swirling it around then she spits it out and she's all smiles and it's just like that's fucking evil i know i'm fucked up because i think amelia kincaid is even more beautiful in the makeup so yeah, yeah that's that way. And, and don't ever, don't ever say that to her because she, she, she won't respond kindly to it. So beautiful um, both ways. Just I'm a little weird. Yeah, she I'm still weird. won't respond kindly to it. Just yeah. don't ever to it. I'm, 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 gonna... I'm warning you, Dan. I'm telling you not to do something that's going to put her hand away from me. I've met her, and she is lovely. So, and I've met way. her too, and I've had a lot more conversations with her than you have. And I'm telling you, I'm don't ever say that friend. to her. Don't creep on his friend, asshole. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Now, I, Sorry, I was going to say, I think she looks she looks better every movie through the franchise. Yeah. She she just gets more beautiful, in my opinion. I'd so like beautiful to today, uh, Dan. I'm don't worry, yeah. I got you. Jeez, I'd like to bring her back. Honestly, if they do something else, <laughs> I'd love to see her do it again. She still looks great in the outfit. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, part part two, um, when she does the dancing, she said that's when she felt the most sexiest in the franchise. But she had I the, think uh, that's when 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 yeah. Pugs got scared because of the curly hair. Yeah. You know what though? <laughs> she gets a pass. <laughs> you know what's what's phenomenal about that scene too is after she's done dancing and she goes walking off, um, and the sister Gloria is going after her, there is a wonderful shot that I still to this day I look for the edit, I look for how they did it and I still don't know how they did it she walks into a, a room that's wide open and Sister Gloria is right behind her and the camera pans and the room's empty I don't know if she just ducked under a table ran real fast out of the room but that camera moves so quickly even if she ran and you still would have seen her like trailing off unless like 
somebody literally threw her up in the air and stuck her in the ceiling. Like, there's nowhere for her to have gone. And there's no edit either. I look at like a slight cut. Yeah, like a slight cut or something. And it's just this, it's a fluid motion of the camera moving. It's just the Gloria walks in and she's right on her tail and all of a sudden she vanishes into thin air. And I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? Um, so kudos to them. I, I, I don't know. I think this one might be a quick one. Uh, favorite line? Um, do you want me wow. to go first? Go for it. Uh, my favorite line is Stooge fucking knocking on the door of the bathroom going, come on, bitch. Did you flush yourself down the fucking toilet or what? That, I don't, it just cracks me up every single fucking time. Uh, for me, I'll, I'll probably I'll, used I'll... it too. Go ahead, Bug. Um, taking out eat a bowl of fuck for me. Uh, it is bodacious boobs, sis. I, like that line caught me off guard. And it's so weird. Like, why would you do this at all? And then this little shit goes and can exist one of the funny one liners. So, yeah, bodacious boobs, sis. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I. Dan, you go for it. Uh, my favorite line, of course, from the remake, she stuck a lipstick in her boob and it fell out her pussy. Oh <laughs> the most iconic thing about the, the remake. It has that. That is like the best thing. <laughs> yeah, all right. Chris, I, I, I kind of know because I'm letting you go first. You know what my favorite line is? I'm assuming it. I don't, I'm letting you go in case we have the same, same one. It's not going to be. I can promise you it's not. Um, my Actually, my favorite line in the whole franchise is um don't be silly it's devil's food uh, that's a good one with the well, two evangelists I in the beginning of part two i think that delivery is fantastic and i love that opening that opening to me is perfect because who wants some fucking mormons knocking on their door trying to sell some shit and who wouldn't <laughs> love to just Dice them the fuck up, you know. <laughs> so, I have scared some once. <laughs> See, I figured you were gonna go with your normal, your 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 the stooge line. I just assumed I need a bowl of fuck. One of your favorites. Um, I have it on the back of a t-shirt. There you go. I, I was gonna I go with that. Cons though. Oh, I was gonna go with that, but I gotta go with the classic Sarah Balls line. Sarah Balls line is great. That's a good one. I guess that's Sarah Balls. So. Um, oh, yeah, apparently you liked it. You bought a sour ball at the location. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, no, did it, you buy uh, two? Uh, I only bought the one. Uh, one. You should have bought, <laughs> bought two. You're right. Um, no, but it, uh, it, it, you know, eat a bowl of fuck is a great line. I mean, one has a lot of great lines, but that, there's something about that whole sequence in two and that sort of like finished line. I just, there's something about it that I'm like, yeah, this is great. I love this. So, all right. Favorite Survivor? Um, for me, mine is uh, Mouse, a.k.a. Melissa from Night of the Demons 2. Mm -hmm. Just uh, her whole backstory with Angela and like her character development where she's like yeah. this super scared person, then she you know fights back at the end. She's yeah. got a great arc. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is Judy, and I like even more that she might have been pregnant. Shit. Mm -hmm. And Kathy Podwell is a wonderful person if you ever get a chance to meet her please do she's amazing all right yeah dan no dan go for it uh i am also judy and kathy bodewell is awesome and i think she's starting to kind of be a little more active i know she's got stuff in pre and post-production because she kind of 
went away after about 95 or so and didn't do a whole lot. So I don't know. Hope, hopefully we'll get a big career resurgence from Kathy, but she was great as Judy. So I got to go Judy. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Roger because he's the most realistic brother I've ever seen in a horror movie. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. He's not yep. wrong. He's also the son of a pastor. He never meant he never meant to be he never meant he never wanted to be a hero, that's for damn sure. Um well this is where I can I can I can take uh Sister Gloria from part two, I think is probably my favorite. Um she uh I do love that character. This is excluding Angela. Well yeah, I mean because Angela Angela isn't a survivor. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I'm thinking characters. Yeah, we're excluding, and we excluded characters, you know, Angela, because Angela would be my favorite um, if we wanted to go that route. But um, Angela and Stooge are very close in terms of favorite yeah, character overall. But favorite survivor would be Sister Gloria, because she just, she really does. I mean, she, none and a half shell, man. Like that fucking scene where her head pops out after, you know, like, I couldn't, I'm like, what the fuck? Is she a turtle? Uh, but, you know, um, it was great. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, and I, I remember when I was a kid thinking when she had gotten killed, I was really bummed. I was like, oh, come on. I, I actually like her now. And then, you know, but Melissa does have a great arc. I like I like her a lot um, as well. And Judy and Rod, uh, Rod. Roger. I don't love Roger. I wish I did, but I, I don't. I, I, I don't love the character. And the reason just, you guys you know, don't like him is why. I like him. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't mean, even invite that motherfucker. <laughs> No, I wouldn't either. Um, you know, I mean, Judy was just, my close he's second. Kind of a buzzkill. Kind of a buzzkill, actually. Like you it. should meet Angela's sister. You guys would get along great in the car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. All right. Favorite demon. What do you I got, mean, Kruger? I mean, Angela, obviously, but specifically, I think Angela from Night of the Demons too, because she really comes into her own. And I mean, Snake fucking demon at the end. Shit's rad mm. as hell. <laughs> Angela yeah. in the remake. I'm just fucking with you. Angela in the original. <laughs> that, that's mine. <laughs> Dan, uh, I I can't really go any anybody else on this. Angela from the original. Just that that makeup. Just yeah, that's so iconic. I can't pick anybody else. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, the part one makeup I love. Mm. We'll be five for five because Angela for me as well. Yeah, I, I figured that one. They were like, yeah, there can't really, there really isn't. I mean, like, I guess that Stooge is fucking fantastic when he's a demon, and uh, Linnea has some great stuff when she's possessed. But I mean, Angela's the the uh, the 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 face of the franchise for a reason. So yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's time for best costume. What do you guys got? Stooge, hands down for me. Just because it's literally him in his normal, (laughs) it's him in his normal fucking clothes, but just with a pig fucking nose on. Mm. Laziest costume ever. Well, super uh, effective. How lazy? How lazy was it to recreate it though? Yeah, you don't. I had to go find the underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have pumpkin underwear? That's. I, we don't no, I didn't. I didn't go that in depth, but I did. <laughs> I did. I did go as far as to finding the right boots that he was wearing. Uh, I found a picture of the bottom of his shoe. Uh, he had his foot up in a behind-the-scenes picture, and I saw the bottom of the boot. So I went on eBay and looked for boots that bottoms matched, and that the 
sides and stuff. I should. They are Vietnam era combat boots. If anyone's interested, so. Oh, nice. That was a cool costume. You pulled off a good one. Um, uh, Dan, was that your pick or? No, 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 no. Uh, my favorite costume has to be Linnea Quigley's in the original. Uh, a costume so awesome. Angelo was able to clear out the Rite Aid like it was 2022 in California. I mean, she could have <laughs> she could have taken them for everything. That shit was, yeah, for obvious reasons. Linnea Quigley, best costume from the original. Mm. All right, well, uh, my favorite costume is also Stooge, but I don't really consider Angela's outfit a costume. Like she's it's just a wearing a pretty black. Dress. Yeah, okay. Are you going as Lydia? You don't know who Lydia is at this point. <laughs> so, it's yeah, definitely uh, a costume. Is it? She's a goth bride. Yeah, she's a goth bride. Yeah. Well, look, I like that one a lot, but I would say that it didn't, there's no uh, face appliance. I'm going to go with the pig snout stooge. <laughs> mm. um, I actually really like Judy's Alice because it really adds something to the original film. Okay. Yeah, I probably would. That's a tough one. Um, I know. Black Roger? No one got that joke? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Pirate. I mean, the wedding dress is iconic. I mean, that's, it is. That... Like, if that's that's just... You know, because Stooge isn't really wearing a costume, so I, I didn't even consider him. I'm surprised you guys are... Because it really is a lazy costume. It is just a fucking pig nose. Yeah, so but his the second look, word you just said. You know. Yeah, <laughs> lazy costume, but whatever. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Angela, the wedding dress is just, I think it's fantastic. I love that dress. It's I wish I, I could have, we could have, that dress was still around because unfortunately. The little headpiece too is cool. But what, what dress is still around? None of them. They're all gone. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought. The... Oh, Linnea's is still around. I yeah, that's the wedding what I was going to say. I was no, like, Linnea, I Linnea's dress is currently sitting in a, in a box over at Joe Augustine's house. So that one's still kicking around. But is, um, Isn't there two left or is there just one now? Just the one. Um, and um, fun fact, Linnea, what, so uh, what, what do you think Linnea's costume is? Does anybody have any ideas? I'm going to go with Pink My mind was elsewhere. Pink <laughs> no, I have. I never even thought about it. No, I'm neither. Pink, ma- everybody, pink always, maid. everybody always assumes she's a ballerina. Oh, okay. Um, that would she's be not. A good she's Barbie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. She's, she's dressed up as a Barbie doll. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. All right. Well, does go. anyone? Well, I guess we're going to talk I'm about familiar. merchandise, props, all that fun stuff. Does anyone have anything so I'm cool? Gonna- I, I, I'm gonna talk. You, you mean? Yeah. Mine's limited to autographs, so I, there's nothing really that I have that Chris wouldn't. I just got a steel book. That's about it. <laughs> well, um, are are we gonna talk about the home video releases too? How like the different ones? Yeah, sure. we can do that. All right. Well, we can so, do that in the in this section. Um. So here's the deal. So I, I have a lot more than what I took out because um, my, my I have the Blu-rays, I have the DVDs, but I try to look for stuff that either I didn't think was very common to find nowadays or was, you know, it's a little more unique. Um, with that said, you're still going to see some of the stuff that you could find back in the day. You just can't find as easily now. So 
These are the VHS releases of the first one, the unrated and the rated. Okay. These are both brand new. They've never been opened. Worth a million dollars, probably. <laughs> this one. No, these actually aren't worth very much, believe it or not. These have oh, the original really? price tag stickers on it. This one, I don't, I think, was ordered from a rental store or something because it doesn't have any. But it's got the Republic oh, nice. watermarks on the bottom. Uh, and then I also have, let me just move this here because I got stuff on the way. I also have two and three. Both also brand new. Uh-huh. I have these open hey. too. Like, I'm and the Canadian open. one. And I, and I have the Canadian releases, and I have the subtitled in Spanish version of the first one. So, you know, realistically, like I'm a, I'm a tad obsessed. Um, <laughs> I love it, dude. And, and these are kind of cool. So these are the Japanese releases of one, two, and three. Oh shit! Um, really cool. So what's actually kind of nifty about this release of, uh, is this is the Demon House version. Which you guys can see the title right there, Demon House, and and we didn't really talk about the the Demon House version. What well, is the we difference? can right now. So the difference is is the score is completely different. So uh, my understanding is, and I could be wrong on the exact story, but Republic Pictures apparently hated Part Three so badly and were so pissed at the Canadians that they decided they were going to fuck them over by not letting them get residual rights for the score, which was apparently a big thing. So they had Dennis, they gave Dennis Tenney a week to redo the score for the US version, which was the version we all got. This version has the original score done by a gentleman named Raymond Fabi. Now, I could be completely wrong and misremembering. They could have just wanted a new score to make it feel more like a Night of the Demons film. Uh, but the, I seem to recall that that was the story. And, and getting information about Night of the Demons 3 was a little bit of a challenge. That was it, always has been, and probably will. Well, not forever continue to be, but for a while will be. Uh, so this is part two. This is just the, the North American version. And this part one actually has a version that we've never seen. Um, it's still the unrated version, but it has a slightly different soundtrack. The soundtrack on this version is actually kind of rough. Some of the, um, the ADR work is a little more obvious. There are some lines that sound a little different. There's also some differences in some of the sound effects um todd's seen this version so it's on the german dvd and the uk dvd oh, I, I think this is just like the overseas version um did you so grab yeah, your, so this did you grab your what? german ones no no i, I pulled mine out though just in case okay so um so yeah so this version actually it it's sort of like a rougher version of the u.s version which is kind of nifty and it's also um it's a very dark 35 millimeter version that just looks very yeah. rough too. I don't know if it was a rough cut that they got or what. It had but... to be. I mean, um, they must have just wanted it out in the market first. But yeah, that's the German one too. Yeah, because I even asked Kevin about it once upon a time and he has no idea what I was he had no idea what I was talking about. So he actually wants to see it at some point so he can kind of figure out where it came from. Because um, even he's unaware. <laughs> and here are the laser discs of one and two. Part, oh, three nice. part three did not get a laser disc. What's really weird about the laser disc for one though is this the rated version. I don't know why they didn't yeah. do unrated, but that's always kind yeah. of bothered me. So that's one that's one and two on laser disc. Ah, they're gonna fall. I'll put them over here. Don't let that happen. No, I'm not gonna. 
Okay. Um, so those are the releases. Fun stuff, right? Do you, have, by chance, have anything else that's cool? I was getting to that. Okay. Do you want to show be- your releases first? Is that no, no, I was, okay. I was actually being sarcastic. But oh, I mean, <laughs> I was reaching for it. I was just going to say those are the releases. Well, well, if you do that real quick, I'll show the, the couple releases I got. All right, go ahead. All right, here, there's the German release. This is this is the first Blu-ray or sorry DVD of the any of them, right? My memory serves. Or is this... uh, it's the first. No, the first it's... DVD of the first one was from the UK. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. And I think the well, second that might be the first DVD of the second and, and third. All right. Well, yeah. I don't think the U.S. Well, version's out yet. And Chris already mentioned the notable on on the first one. It's it's got that Japanese score. Second one, same as the original, part two, and the third one, Chris is the. <laughs> it has this has the theatrical score, but it it gets rid of that stupid song at the end. That it I gets rid of the yeah the demon boogie at the end with. Which was made as a response to that original shitty title. So. <laughs> well, it was a joke. I think I may steal that for a future <laughs> song. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Demon Did I give you a moment to find um, stuff? <laughs> I, I don't. It's all right here. I don't need to find okay. it. It's all in front. It's all next to me. Um, I also got the posters behind me too. Todd's got the Halloween party poster behind him. Got I got the one shirt of those going too. Uh, the shirt. Mine's signed by the entire cast and most of the crew, so um, oh I can't really hold that up. It's it's <laughs> awkward as fuck. So, um, but I know this is what Todd is referencing. What I can hopefully. So this That's is fucking Brad. This is mm, pumpkin. That's yeah. was on the top of his awesome. car in the movie. Ah, so nice. It, it's it's you know. Apparently it's flammable inside, so I was told not to put a real candle in here, and I never have. Get a little light one, and you're good. <laughs> I put Chris, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, uh, you know, anything else? It works. Yep, yep, it's coming. And this one is actually very cool because um, I got... I reunited this with this with its original owner for a brief period of time, and believe it or not, asked him, "Do you want this back?" I was shocked that I said that, but he looked so happy to help me holding it again, and he told me, "No, this is yours. I want you to have this." But uh, this is Stooge's glove, and his pig nose, and his rings. Dude, yeah. coming over. Turn, turn it a little that's, sideways. Yeah, that's dope, dude. Mm-hmm. Nice. We'll get a picture up. Is that good? Yeah. And the picture is signed by Hal. I don't know if you guys probably can't see that on here, but he did sign that picture for me. So very cool. To kind of to kind of authenticate it. And it's yeah. actually you can't obviously can't see it because it's inside of a case, but some of the makeup from the burn version is on the glove still. Uh so that's that kind of nifty. Awesome. And yes, I have worn it. Um I, and I did. Uh, find out my hands are the same size as uh, Hal's, and um, I was able to make a replica of it for my costume, which is what I wore because um, I had the original. We cut um, leather pieces using that as kind of a template. Mm-hmm. It kind of worked out. And this thing, this is the last thing I got because, again, I was trying to go for stuff. I have the figures. I've got posters. Obviously, I've got a shit ton of photos. I've got the original scripts. I've got the unproduced script. I've got storyboards. 
I actually wish I had pulled those, but I don't know. They're not easily accessible, so I can't get to them. Because um, there's some stuff in the storyboards that didn't end up in the movie. Um, I can explain what's on the storyboards that I remember, but uh, yeah. before I get to that, this piece was created by Amy Gamache, and her company is called Squid Farts, named by her daughter. Uh, this was going to be used for the second campaign for the documentary that didn't launch thanks to COVID, but this is the only one, uh, this is one of two in existence. Uh, the other person who has one is my friend Raina, and that's it. So, uh, But this is an Angela bus that she made that was going to be featured on our next crowdfunding campaign that people could buy or pet pledge for. So, Gorgeous. Oh, the pumpkin, pumpkin base. Yeah. We got a but nice now none of you will have it. We got a nice <laughs> little uh, uh, earring here that's, that's accurate, right. movie yeah. accurate. So. That does look great. She did a yeah, great job on yeah, that. The eyes are cool, too. So she did. She really did a fantastic job. And she gave Angela a bigger bust than she normally has, but that's okay. Yeah. Really she knows cool what sells. It. It's all good. Yeah, she knows what's up. <laughs> um, so the storyboards, I, like I said, I, I pulled them, but I just I don't have the. Uh, I don't. I, I know where they are, but they're not easily accessible right now. But um, there's one cool sequence where, and I don't know how they thought they were going to do this or how they thought they were going to afford it, but it was great that they had this ambition. Um, where Sal didn't die by getting thrown, falling off the roof with Angela. Um, Sal. Originally, there's a scene where Sal runs into this, I think it's the living room area, and Angela's about to get Judy, and he comes in and he tries to save the day by taking these two black candles and using them to make a cross. And Angela recoils, and she's acting like it's hurting and it's scaring her, and he's like, get out of here, Judy, run, Judy. And Angela starts to laugh, and then she grabs his wrists. And the wax candles melt and they become like a snake. And they go down his arm and around his throat and into his mouth as he's screaming. And it's solidified in his throat. Oh, wow. And he basically chokes on the wax. And that was all. It's way cooler. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how they would have done it. Um, there was also another that scene where like, like, Judy's, attacking, uh, Judy's attacking Angela with a stick that's on fire. And Angela grabs the stick and takes the fireball off and throws it at her. Oh shit! That's right. That was another. That was another storyboard sequence that wasn't shot. Oh so. man, they that's just, awesome. Just wouldn't have had the money or the time. But they had um, the ambition. <laughs> I, I, well, I'll come back to the end. Um, um, anyone else have Dan? anything? No, just signed photos. Honestly, nothing that. Yeah. Yeah. Sign photos and posts. It's kind of hard to beat the the pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, there's no following the pumpkin and the glove, uh, man. I, I don't. I don't even know you had that. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so so can we tell them the story how the glove came into my life? Yeah. Do you want to do that now? Because I, I figured we'd tell some stories at the end. Is it a Thanos situation? Oh, you know, like, we're we're, we're we can... kind of we're on it right now. So I had this brilliant idea that I wanted to be Stooge when I was living out in California for Halloween because Todd and I were working on archiving stuff for Blue Rider for the Blu-ray and I really wanted oh yeah the only thing I really could, we, we worked for Blu-ray <laughs> we did we're past the point of the NDA I checked um so yeah. um I uh I, I really wanted to find the glove I was really determined and I had a, enough photos of it because we were going through all their stuff so I went down 
every punk leather shop that still existed found ones that might have been around in the 80s and said hey do you know where this came from was this a custom piece is this something you guys still sell can you find out and the closest i got was somebody saying it's a gauntlet and it's definitely custom made and i was like fuck of course it is so i gave up and then i i moved back to massachusetts and about i don't know maybe six or seven weeks after I got home and was moved into the new house because we were in the middle of moving from one house to another when I came back to Mass, I got a text from Todd. Look what we found. And it's a picture of him wearing the fucking glove holding the pig nose. And I immediately... I immediately think to myself, this motherfucker is going to take this home and fuck this guy. You know, like, I should have stayed. And... uh <laughs> dickhead and I'm, I'm going on I'm, I'm basically cursing him and hoping he gets struck by lightning right then and there so I will get the glove because you know I thought he was going to keep it and uh, he I the next text it, messages but... we're going to send it to you <laughs> I mean, that's because you're right. an asshole um, right, yeah, but uh, he's, and, and, and he said we're going we're gonna to send it to you you, you were looking for this for so long you, wait, you spent so much time trying to find it so uh, I asked Walter. He said he could have it, and I was like, oh, "To be fucking God. to be fair, um, I didn't try to get it. I know Stooge is this guy, and Walter already said he he, he thinks Chris should have it. I was going to fight for it. Yeah, it, that, that's it would stupid. automatically go to you, Chris. Yeah, yeah I, there I, was I even speak twice. It needs to go to the museum. Yeah. Yeah. Good the pumpkin I might have yeah, fought it, for, but there, that's a whole story on Chris. <laughs> yeah, I want that story. Well, the pumpkin was a surprised because Walter wanted to keep the pumpkin and uh, Joe wanted the pumpkin or Joe told me he wanted the pumpkin so the only person who could have gotten the pumpkin was Joe and I drove to Philadelphia to meet Joe Augustine and as we're having a conversation just meeting he goes I got something for you he takes out a box and he puts it in front of me and it's this big box and I can't even fathom what's in it because I'm not thinking it's the pumpkin and I open it up and head. yeah I know right and he said, it's yours. I wanted you to have it. Um, you know, and I, 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 for years, it was a secret. I couldn't tell anyone that I had it. And then Walter eventually found out. And I told him how it happened. I offered to send it back. I said, no, 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 you can keep it. It's, you should have it. If you, anyone should have it, it should be you. I said, okay, yeah. well, I appreciate that. Much to the begrudge of some of the people involved in the film. But, I mean, you know. They can suck it. Tell well, you what, you, know, you want again, this pumpkin? Like Trivia contest. Something, <laughs> something that I did offer to Hal, and he, he told me the same thing. You can you should keep it. And Kevin said the same thing too. There's, you know, they're great people, and they just, you know, they they know how much the series, the movie itself, means to someone like me, and they know it's going to be taken care of. And I think that's the big, that's the big concern. You know, is they want to make sure that's not going to be like pieced out or thrown into a, you know. A, a you know basement somewhere just tucked away. I mean, this thing's prominently displayed. These two things are both displayed in my room down here. So, you know, and they're well taken care of. But oh yeah, yeah, well loved. Most importantly, yeah. displayed for yeah. life. All right, now here we go. Future of the franchise. Where do you want it to go, Chris? You know, I'm coming last to you on this one. Absolutely last. Um, what 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 do you want for the future of the franchise, Kruger? Um, honestly, just recently, Killer Clowns from Outer Space got a fucking video game. 
So why can't we live in a world where Night of the Demons gets a video game and you get some of the original people from the cast of the franchise to voice act? I mean, that would be fucking awesome. And it, I think it would be something like for video game fans and also fans of the franchise to go and play. I mean, we're getting a lot of that now. We've got Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw is coming out, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I mean, we're getting a lot of that stuff. So I don't see why Night of the Demons can't be one of them. Um. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. Uh, I, I think someone needs to make that happen. Dan? Well, uh, I don't know about video games. I'm not a gamer, but that would be cool. But uh, I think, you know, it's been 13 years since the remake, which obviously was not well-received overall. I think we could – the budget would be an issue, but I think, look, maybe a Shutter premiere, like – it's possible if you can keep the budget under control that I think we could get a sequel. I think bringing back maybe Amelia Kincaid as Angela. Um, I think sequels the way to go. I, I wouldn't remake it again. I think it's going to be really hard to just recapture it. So sequel, it can be a little different because a lot of time has passed. And uh, yeah, I, I hope it's not over. But, you know, one more shot at it. Yeah, I mean, even if you didn't want Amelia in the whole like movie, because the demon can change its look, so you can at least include her and kind of pass it to a new generation. I mean, there's ways to do it where you could keep sure. it going and make it a direct sequel. My question is, would you make it a direct sequel or just ignore the remake? I would, uh, you know, I, I would ignore the remake because it overall it's just not well received. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. Oh. No, no. I'm saying, would you? I, oh, I ignore two and three? No, I said, yeah. Would you just ignore the remake and just do a part four, or would you just, or would you ignore everything after part one? I, oh, that's a good question. I think you might have to to ignore three, but I, I no, two's good enough. You know what? I, I would come up with some story, which I don't have a specific pitch, but. I would come up with some story to continue it after two. And, uh, you, you know, you could do that in a way that you have the know, name already does, after party. Wasn't that three half does three have to not exist. It's just, you know, you don't really, they could just it. be, yeah. One of those things you yeah. don't really mention. Yeah. You don't kind of... mention. And yeah, I, th I think you could make that work. I, and look, I am a big advocate for like, I think Halloween needs to go away for a long time. It's just been done to death. I don't think Night of the Demons has it never been done will, to though. death. Well, I'm just saying, if I had my way. Night of the Demons hasn't been grounded and just beaten into the mud yet. I think you get one more shot at recapturing that magic. And if it doesn't, hey, then you always have the, the original trilogy. Uh, that's what I would do. Just direct sequel. All right, pause. Bring back who you can. This is going to be a little out there, but follow me. Okay. Stooge and Angela inhale in animated form. I want that fucking cartoon. It could be adult oriented where we just see these demons try every Halloween like uh, to come uh, back to to the real world and you know just do it that way. I would like that. I'm picturing it lower deck style too. That style that of animation. That works. Mm. Right. That's what I would want. Just I want to spend more time with Stooge. Yeah. That's that's not a bad idea. I, I'm I'm I just want the franchise to continue. I'd love a direct sequel. Um, 
yeah, I don't want a sequel from the remake at this point because it's too. Not only was it so well received, the story, I'd rather just go with the classic story. But, Chris, what would mm. you do with the future of the franchise? Oh, Jesus. Um, you're talking to somebody who has submitted pitches for sequels. I know. <laughs> An um, animated movie, one of them? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I actually I wrote a, a sequel that took place in between one and two, um, where Billy, where Judy is accused of killing everybody in the house, her and Roger. And uh, and she is confined to an insane asylum, and Roger ends up committing suicide as a result. And he tries to go to clear her name by bringing a friend of his to Hull House on Halloween night the following year. Um, also, the same night where a group of bullies that they don't really get along with are there having themselves a little get together, and Angela pops up as a demon. And next thing you know, people start getting possessed, and you know, goes from question. there. Let's see if, that. No, I have a question. If that script was produced right now today, would you would you recast Angela or would you bring her back or how would you? Because the You'd time have to is what. All right, okay, you would have to recast her. Um, you, but I would because I but I wouldn't have her look human. She would be a demon the entire time. And the reason I say you'd have to recast her is a, Amelia's. You know, Amelia's body as she's gotten older has changed, and also she would not want to be in that makeup again. Yeah. So you would have to get somebody with a similar build who could go into that makeup and do fine. Because I w- wouldn't want to present her as a human character in a sequel um, like that, because it would seem kind of counterproductive. Um, the second one, it made sense because she's trying to get at her sister to come with her. You know, and this one, you know, she's back. You know, from being pissed off that her last party didn't go very well. And so now she wants a better party with um, some more nastier people, you know, than, uh, than what she dealt with in the first place. And then I also submitted a remake pitch to these guys too, um, which was a bit different from the original, but it had a lot of the spirit and sort of, um, uh, elements that the original had. Um, the kids weren't going to the house for a party. They were actually leaving a shitty party. Um, and they wanted to do some urban exploration. So they're like, let's go check out this abandoned funeral parlor that we've heard a lot of stories about. And while they get there, they find a smaller group of kids is also there as well. You know, kind of just hanging out there on Halloween night because it's fun. And the next thing you know, they start getting possessed one by one. And I have a 12 year old getting beheaded. In that remake pitch, Pugs. I was um, gonna say Pugs and Kruger all in. Yeah. I uh, uh, <laughs> I, I incorporated I incorporated elements from all three films. Um, there's, I don't like to brag about stuff that I write, but when I wrote this, I felt really, really confident in it, and I was really happy with it. When I was, it was just a pitch; it wasn't a script. But one of the scenes I loved, and I and I I showed this to Joe Augustine too because I. I needed to get him to sign off on it before I could show it to the producers. Um, when Su- Suzanne's character, I don't think her name is Suzanne, but she, I think it might have been Susie. It's just not Suzanne. Um, when she's she's trying to fuck Sal, it's not Jay, because Jay in my version is a nice guy who's actually Judy's longtime boyfriend. Um, and they're an interracial couple. Spoiler alert. Judy's go- Judy was going to be black, and so was her younger brother. But uh, Sal was kind of like this, you know, he was on the outs with Suzanne, like him and they were kind of dating and they broke up and I was trying to get her back. And 
she blows him off numerous times throughout the film and then when she's possessed you know she 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 gets him but she has him put a mask on and it was this flaming it was this pumpkin mask that i found at spirit halloween that i fell in love with it had these gnarly teeth and you know i thought this would be really cool this fused to someone's face and they became that demon and the eyes were all hollowed out and they were just flame you know fire inside the eyes so she makes him put the mask on and while she's getting naked he hears this cracking sound that sounds like something's being stretched or pulled apart and he doesn't know what's going on. So she tells him not to worry about it. And she's got his hands pinned up. What's actually happening mm-hmm. is her spine is elongating. And it's cracking upwards. So her breasts are right next to his face. And they become hands and gouge his eyes out. <laughs> God, that would be interesting to see. Um, and, you know, and she's all gnarly and demonized by that point. you know. But he can't see because he's got the mask on and... All he can see is like through the eye slits that her breasts are getting closer to him. So he thinks that she's, but he's not putting together that she's also sitting on him. So this physically doesn't seem impossible because, you know, but anyway, horny teenagers don't think about those kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was, so I actually, you know, I, I, I have ideas for where I'd like to see it go. And unfortunately, um, you know, due to some stuff, those ideas never went anywhere, but um, I'd love to see a game. I'm with Kruger on that. I actually talked about that recently, saying, like, listen, we got a Killer Clowns from Outer Space game coming out. <laughs> we should get a Night of the Demons game where, like, you possess, you know, someone possesses the people in the game and, you know, they become possessed. Like, as the, you know, as the game goes on or the level goes on, you're, you know, there's eight, eight people and one person starts off possessed and you don't know who it is and then they possess yeah. people through the game. Kind of like, that game among us but not really because like instead of people just dying they become possessed and they start killing and then when it gets to a point where you know there's more possessed people than survivors it either you can either demon out or you can um choose not to and just get everybody killed you know maybe that you know the goal is so they don't escape or they don't last till the end of the night and they have ways to escape and try to get away and you know but could be fun yeah for sure i'd play the shit out of that yeah so Good movie for a video game adaptation for sure. Yeah, the only problem is like there's not a lot of like there's not a lot of room for like maps because you just kind of have Hull House, so you'd have to. Yeah, it's just be the house and maybe bring it to the Catholic school. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, go to Catholic school. Um, Chris, that script you have, you ever thought about turning it into a comic? Um, no, but we talked about doing a prequel comic. Okay, that was going to be a prequel to the first film. Um, because I never wrote the remake or that sequel as a script, they were just written as treatments, they never got to the script part. Um, Mm. you know, if anybody who listens to this works in the industry, like you know, it's difficult to even get a treatment looked at, but everything starts as a treatment first, it's just a rough outline of the story and as specific elements, and you know, kind of it's basically from beginning to end, It's it's a two or three page sort of document that goes over the entire film. Um, and I did that for both of them. The remake one was longer because I even threw like lines that I wanted the characters to say for specific things. Um, Cause the kid who gets his head cut off, um, I incorporated some found footage elements into it. Cause he has a camera in the house. Cause if you go urban exploring, you're going to document it. And uh, Angela says, this kid's got a real head for show business when she cuts off his head. <laughs> um <laughs> Or something like that, and I uh, and there's a couple other ones too. And Judy, in my version, was pregnant, and Judy's younger brother was actually the one that survives with her at the end. 
Because oh. um, that was originally what was supposed to happen in the first film, is that Judy's brother was supposed to crash the party. And then um, it's her and her brother that are escaping the house, not her and any of the other kids. Um, Dude, that makes way more fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. Well, I also so too like I, the other thing that one of the things in the original that sort of made me go why didn't, didn't they just do this is if one of them had gotten in the car and got it started they could have just like ran everybody over you know like drive the you know just hit the demons aren't impervious to pain they can be hurt i mean they're burned and shit like that so why not just run them over so in the remake script i wrote that's what judy does she gets in the car and her intent is to ram the fucking wall and just hopefully break it down so they can climb over it but while she's in the car, the car actually gets possessed. Oh shit. Christine. So, yeah. So she so it ends up it ends up slamming them into a wall before they buckle up. And she gets hurt really badly. And you think she's gonna die. Um, and she hoists her brother over the wall before she can get over, and she's got a big gash in her side, and he tries to help her up and she can't do it because it keeps opening. And she falls to the ground and she's holding her side and she's telling him to go and he's not wanting to leave and the demons are coming out. They're closing in on her. She's backing up on the ground. She's getting ready to die and all of a sudden the sun starts to come up and they just start dropping on top of her. And that's how she ends up making it out when One Piece is that she, just in the nick of time you think she's going to bite it and then they they run out of time. Oh, that's awesome. So Yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah. Uh, I just gave yeah, away I, the ending, so if it ever gets yeah, made and you see my name on it, fuck it. Like you know, just pretend you never heard yeah. this conversation. So. Um, <laughs> we didn't mention our, our background. What is our, our background image, Chris? Hell House. Yeah, it's the matte painting. It is the matte painting, and I and I cannot people when you write a description for these fucking movies, the house is not haunted; it's possessed. They make it a point to have a conversation about this in two of the movies. Stop saying the fucking house is haunted. I had to rant. All right. Got Chris, can I tell an amusing story? I, yeah, like no one else I know. Now, <laughs> now, now, is there an amusing story specifically that like paints me in a bad light? Because if you, that's no. the case, no. No, no, no. It's the first time that you met a certain special effects artist. Oh, Lord. That yeah, I love to yeah. tell the story. You can tell the story. <laughs> All right, so I can't remember how Chris got a hold of him, but we got a hold of or he got a hold of Steve Johnson. So he he wanted to get his was it both Night of the Demons and Halloween? It was uh, just Halloween party. Okay, to get his poster signed. So we we go to his apartment and. You know, Chris is all excited, get ready to get his poster signed. <laughs> when he opens up the post, the first thing he says is, I don't, I don't get why these you people like this piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can see Chris's heart just break. <laughs> I laughed because it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, he, he said Wasn't something to the like... effect of when they. They went to the premiere and everybody stood up and applauded. He sat there going, "Did we all just see the same piece of shit that I did?" <laughs> and he was really this, shocked. That people liked it. This is him just coming off of Ghostbusters too, not too long before. Which yeah, which was funny. And Fright Night. We, yeah, and Friday Night, which is funny when we we're at his house. He had that new Ghostbusters book there too. I was like, "Hey, that just came out." So I thought yeah. it was funny because he brought up Ghostbusters because. Yeah, it's Ghostbusters. He's, uh, I mean, Steve. Thankfully, over the years, has come around, and he yeah. he, he recognizes. Yeah, he softened a bit on it. Um, 
there's another funny story involving Steve. We kept, uh, Todd and I went to a 30th anniversary screening of the movie in L.A. Excuse and me. apparently Steve and a few oh, yeah. people from the movie. And Pugs was there, too. Pugs was there, too. I'm sorry, Pugs. You were there, too. We met there. <laughs> we did meet there. I, listen, that was fucking five years ago. You're lucky to remember who you are now. All yes, right. Um, but um, um, and Todd and I are hanging outside and. Um, Maybe Pugs was there too. No, you were, I think it was just you. I don't think it was. I think, it was, yeah, it was there. Because I, I, you were right. gone for a while. You were talking to someone. And so I was talking yeah. to him. And, and you came. And, and apparently, Steve and a couple of the cast members were just talking a little too loud during the movie, which he felt like <laughs> wasn't, wasn't something that needed to be discussed with him. So all I said was, hey, Steve, how's it going? And he turns to me and aggressively makes a beeline with a cigarette hanging over his mouth and he starts yelling. He goes, I want to fucking tell you something. I just want to talk to you about something real quick, okay? Like, And he starts going off about like how pissed off he is that he was asked to be quiet while watching the movie. He's like, who the fuck here hasn't seen this movie? Like, seriously, who the fuck shows up to a 30th anniversary screening in the middle of fucking LA in a goddamn BFW hall and hasn't seen this movie? Who gives a shit if we're talking? And he's yelling like it's me that told him to quiet down. And I'm like, I'm fucking terrified. And then he takes a puff of a cigarette and he goes, so how the fuck are you? <laughs> and it was just like, it was just, you know. That is was, very Hollywood, dude. Yeah, he just needed to get it out of his system. And then Todd and I started talking about some other shit and he got excited and he was fine. And we went out to dinner with him that night and he was great. And we got to see Billy Gallo do magic tricks. And that was also fun. Not the rope trick, though. Calm down, Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was card tricks. And he was drunk when he was doing those. So I'm like, imagine what he'd fucking be like when he's sober trying to get these done. That night is when I realized he is the Robert Downey Jr. of the horror community. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson, yeah, no, Steve Johnson definitely has that uh, has that down pat. But uh, yeah, that was a fun night, and that was a great you know that was a great experience overall. Um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. We gave Kathy Podwell a standee. She didn't have one. Her daughter really yeah. wanted it, so we we opted to give it to her. You know, we, we consulted each other, like, should she just take this home? And, he, and we're both like, how do we fucking tell her no? Her name... <laughs> we do want to put it back together, too. Was on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. We didn't want to put it back in the box. Like, yeah, you can take it. It's fine. We got two more sitting in Todd's garage, so we didn't want to say that too loud, though, because there were a lot of people there who wanted yeah. to take that one home, and uh, she was the one who got to take it home. So Nice. That was a good day. I enjoyed myself. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it, it's, a, it, that was a fun screening. It was a lot of fun to be in that type of an environment and watching the movie. And we kind of, um, you know, we, it was a good time. I, I'm glad I got to be a part of it. I remember thinking too, when it got announced, I was like, I have to find some way to be there. Like everyone's, you know, no one even asked me if I was going. Cause like, Oh, it's in LA. You know, he's probably not going to go. I'm like, I'm fucking going to walk there. If I have to, like, I'll be there. I would walk. By and, uh, I, it was, t- I would walk 2,500 miles. Cause that's how many go. miles it is from here to there. So, uh, <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was a good night. And, and Steve's great that, you know, there's, there's a lot of great stories with these people. I, I, I first time I met Kevin Tenney in person, cause I known him since I was 15, years old through email um we met at a show in new jersey and that guy can hang we were up till four o'clock in the morning (laughs) friday night and saturday night and i thought for sure saturday morning this guy was going to be dead because he had to get up at like eight o'clock you know to go to the show (laughs) and he was fine i was like jesus fucking christ and then he did it again the next night and I thought, oh my god, he's gonna be fine. And I walk into the the hall, and he's got his sunglasses on, his head's back, and I'm like, 
You all right? No. No. I'm like, oh, it finally caught up to him, and he just, it did, and finally it kind of hit him that he had been, he had been up way, you know, two nights in a row really late, and, but it wasn't like we were, you know, I was forcing it. He was talking the whole time. We both just sat and chatted all night long, and and, and everybody else was hanging out, so they just kept getting knocked off one by one. It was like, you know, we're just watching them go up to the rooms, and we're, well, it's late for us. We're going to bed, and him and I were just like, eh, okay, we'll hang out here a little longer. Sure, why not? And a little longer turned into four and a half hours later. So the guy can hang, man. Nice. You know, you know show, buy him a drink, and you'll, uh, you'll, you'll, you know, he'll, he'll hang out with you for the night. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Didn't we have like a two-hour dinner with him? <laughs> we did. No, we we also had a. Uh, how long was our dinner with Jeff? I felt like that was a long dinner too. Yeah, when we went, was. we met him for the first time. Well, that's because we also met him for the first time too. But I love. Oh, was um, it lunch? Oh yeah, it was, we're, we're... it was lunch that turned into dinner. We were there long enough where I felt like it turned into dinner. <laughs> but I love that he he. <laughs> it was it was like a beachfront restaurant in San. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, but we were we were. Ner- I was nervous about meeting him because it was my first time meeting him, and he has to ask us the question of what did we think about like the sequels they produced night of the demons three witchboard three and wishmaster three and four and i just wanted to be like why are you bringing up this shit because no one ever puts them over no i I do like their leprechauns i do but i looked at i I let todd answer first because i was really Mm -hmm. like I, I'm like he's diplomatic. He'll answer this I, yeah, I was, I was going to say it's easier for me not to um, just come out and say shit. And I just, <laughs> but and I was like, yeah, I, I can echo what Todd said. You know, they were fine. You know, mostly <laughs> they know there's like no mementos left of either of the threes. No, no, they have nothing. I didn't even find a poster. <laughs> no, there were, no. This poster I have, I got off of eBay. It wasn't even no. from them. It was from, it was from eBay. Um. But, you know, I mean, and then we, you know, again, two great guys that, you know, are really proud of their little movie and uh, or their franchise, rather. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it was a great experience to hang out with them. We got to hang out at, at Walter's house for a little bit and hear some stories there. And we saw the Screen Factory cover art before anybody else did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the one time Chris I didn't... Held it. He couldn't hold it together. He, t- he I didn't. No, that was the one time with them that I I didn't mince words. I I I looked at it and said, "Is that done?" I thought you said I hate it. <laughs> I did say well I, when he said it was when he said it was complete. That's when I said I, I don't like that. I hate that. What the hell is that? And he's like, it, but he he didn't like it either. It wasn't like he was like, oh, I love this. How can you not like it? Was it was more he like, looked, what do you think about this? Yeah, he partner? looked at, like, when he opened the laptop and showed it to me, he had this look in his face of, like, this is awful, right? Like, he wanted us to affirm that that sucks. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is pretty fucking bad. And uh, and no disrespect to the artist at all. Um, you know, he did what he could and what was given direction on that piece. Um, I don't know what Scream Factory's deal is with this fucking movie and the art, even the Steelbook art. I'm like, guys... Yeah. What house is that? Yeah. Why does Angela have a soul glow fucking haircut? What the hell is this? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, look at the size of her hair. It's like it, it's bigger than her own fucking like the. the I've never looked at it that close. Taller than her, you know. It's awful. I'm just like she's supposed to be wearing a veil, not a fucking teased out wig. What the hell's wrong with you? Um. So yeah. So that you know, I I have opinions, but. Hopefully, if they ever do a 4K, they'll just stick with their 
mantra of using original poster art, and then we can have a nice you know, version of it. So I, I don't know. Do you think we we talked enough about it? Did we cover? I know we didn't cover everything because there's still always something. But um, anything else that like we didn't like? It, I, I don't want to be like five minutes in a that row, people but, yeah. need to know about Night of <laughs> yeah. the Demons. Thirty fifth anniversary is next year of the first movie. It's turning thirty five. Wow. That's a milestone 35. anniversary. Are we gonna have another screening out here? Hopefully, <laughs> most most likely. Yeah, right, I can't say back out there, but, but probably bring it to well, Atlanta. Well, I don't know if I'll be back out there for it. I mean, if flight costs stay where they're at, uh, I'm staying in Massachusetts for the rest of my fucking life unless I can drive right. there. And with gas yeah. prices being the way they are, that's even debatable. Um, but I mean, <laughs> I was gonna, listen, I I was gonna fly out to L.A. to go see Aha at the Hollywood Bowl. I had a ticket and everything. They were playing with the fucking orchestra, and I still was like, the flights are not going down. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't pull that trigger. It's coming here is what kills you. Leaving, it's like, yeah, you can spend 150 to get out of here. Coming yeah. here, you're gonna spend like 500 at least. No, it was it was a fi- it was 600 bucks round trip, and that price didn't really fluctuate. And I started looking mm-hmm. for flights in March, and the concert was in July. Yeah. There's plenty of time, you know, and it just never it never went down. Um, that's un- that's unfortunate. I know you're a big fan of them. Yeah, well, and seeing them with an orchestra would have been amazing, but uh, that would be cool. Well, Chris, uh, as far as it's more Return of the Living Dead, but Linnea is going to be there. Uh, Scarefest in Lexington, which is going to be a lot of podcasters there. Also, Michael St. Michael's from Video Dead, also going to yeah. be there. I, I've, Not California prices. I've I've <laughs> talked to Michael St. Michael's. He's fine. Um, and I've hung out with Linnea. I hung out, my mother hung out with Linnea in Massachusetts. <laughs> so I mean, like, they started talking about dogs, and the next thing we knew, they were gone. I don't know where the fuck they went, <laughs> but they disappeared, the two of them, and then like 45 minutes later, her agents like, Do you know where Linnea is? Said, well, she walked off with my mother. Like, did she kidnap her because she's late for a VIP party? And I'm like, they started Ooh. talking about dogs, and she's like, "Oh shit, we're never gonna see her again." <laughs> <laughs> they went looking for strays together. Yeah, no, they they just went for a walk and started talking about animals because we it was actually a Return of the Living Dead screening in Salem, and uh, I don't even know why my mother came with me. My friend Raina was there, and then I I think probably because like everyone was going out for the night, and I felt bad that Mom was gonna be home by herself. And I was like, do you want to come with us? I mean, it's it's going to be a late night, but you're more than welcome to. She goes, I'll go. And then I thought she was going to be ready to roll when the movie was over. But she started talking to Linnea. And like I said, they just walked off into the night. And I, I'm like, my mother just kidnapped Linnea quickly. This is amazing. <laughs> and then she ran into her the next day in Salem because my brother went up there with her. And, and they, they hung out again. Ah. Uh. New BFFs. Oh, I was another old school creep show radio guest, Michael Kenworthy's there. The, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, Mike, yeah, Michael Kenworthy. He, he was cool. He, he, he's trying to get everyone to go. I'm, I'm trying. Listen, I, I the only thing that would get me to Kentucky is a six foot eight lumberjack that can that eats bark for breakfast. Like I'm not going to Kentucky. <laughs> now nah, Lexington's nice, but uh, but anyways, I'd love to have everybody there, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be me and a shit ton of podcasters from region free. And you better like have everybody. your only Dan shirt on, fucker. Yeah, I will wrap the merch. And I only <laughs> have my. I wear if I. I'm not going, but if I were to go, I'd, I'd wear my Eat a Bowl of Fuck t-shirt. It's the only place I can wear that shirt. It's conventions. 
We'll go to some ramen restaurant. That'd be kind of fun. You know, <laughs> there's only yeah. a few that I, own. <laughs> I I remember I when I got that shirt printed, I was really worried the company, the place I brought it to, because it was one of those one-off places, was not going to do it. And I even made a censored version just in case they were like, yeah, we don't want to print this. And the guy's like, as long as it's not anti-religious, I'll print anything. And I was like, oh, fuck. All right. Well, here you go. Well, yeah. I, I do want to show Chris because I'm sure he's going to want one now that this shirt's available. Our hottest selling new T-shirt. Would you like to see it, Chris? Sure. All right. I'm pulling it up for you. Here you go. I know Chris is going to want one. There you go. The only dance T-shirt. <laughs> it's go. worth the price. It comes in large sizes, so only dance available now in our our web store. Link in description or www. Why am I saying www? Flashstreetfeatures.com. <laughs> I I, I would range there. Mm-mm. Well, I do have Chris's address. You can buy it and burn so. it. <laughs> there you go. Love Need it. some extra TP? There you go. <laughs> That's an awesome shirt. Uh, that you don't I, own yet. I promise <laughs> seller ever. I think, yes. And again, if you're at well, Scarefest and you buy one of those, which I know some of you already have, tag me. We'll take a photo with you. It's still, it's not our number one selling shirt. but it's, It will be. I don't know. I think our uh, that that other certain Christmas property might get a bump in a in a end of the year. That is true. Yes, Christmas yes. cruelty. Christmas uh, cruelty comes awesome out in about a month. Mm-hmm. Comes out yes in a month on Blu-ray from Unearthed Films, which uh, stalling in case you wanted to show that too. But yes, <laughs> oh no, the, I, I wasn't. I, I just the only dance went film. There you go. You can get it in the same spot. Though. Yes. All your official Christmas cruelty merch. All right. Well, before we go, does anyone have anything else? Uh, I do not. I just want to say for all our listeners, we hope you're having an awesome Halloween season. Be sure to listen to all the Slashtober episodes. Oh, yeah. It's the first of the uh, month, right? Yeah, fifth. we've got we've got month. you uh, covered every day in October. Every single day, you've got some content from us. So. Uh, we appreciate that very much. You listening to, to all of it. Hopefully you're not sick of us at this point. I'm just going to put, put Chris on the spot real quick. You're going to come back uh, later this month. Why? I was thinking maybe we finally pull the trigger since the brand new 4k is coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh. Of a watch along of a certain movie. Pugs may not be a fan of, and that is the, the classic Return of the Living Dead. Can I, can I tempt you to come back and? Okay, I, I said I would do that. So if you do it in October, you just gotta you gotta keep in mind. I work at a haunted house in October, so October is yeah. a very busy month for me. So we'll we'll try to make it work. So all right, I'm I'm I am. That is a life goal of mine, Chris, to watch it with you, probably in person. But if it's virtually, that's fine. If you want to pay for the flight, man, I'll be there. So I might we'll go to you merch- yeah, <laughs> No, you still gonna come back here. Yeah, you still got to come back. It's going to cost the same. Okay, That's then. the problem. Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, I had to throw that in before you signed out, Dan. Oh, it's all right. All right. And, uh, yep, uh, patreon.com slash flesh wound features for all of your uh, your extra content. That all starts at just a buck. So get on there. We've given you a lot this month. And 
that's all I've got. Catch me on Region Free as well for our Halloween specials there with uh, Piz and the gang. All right. Good night. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Mr. Chris? Mm. And I'll uh, see you in Disneyland. <laughs> see you. <laughs> sure. Sure.